attention, here's an update on tonight's dinner. It was veal. I repeat, veal. The winner of tonight's mystery meat contest is Jeffrey Corbin, who guessed some kind of beef. Congratulations, Jeffrey. You just won a brand new Chrysler Cordova, and you can pick it up at Morty's office. America, for 300 years, has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. The land of new frontiers, new opportunities. Clicking sounds, sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rays. The instrument, a Geiger counter, is converting radioactivity into sounds we can hear. Good evening, this is Tank Riot, episode 181. I am Sputnik, with me as always is Victor. And of course, Tor. Hello. <laughs> we have a bevy of topics to talk to you about this evening. Gentlemen, starting point. Victor, well, you were recently at... Our congratulations go out to our first contest winner of the local Wizard World contest. Uh, yeah. Uh, a woman named Naya. So congratulations, Naya. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you had a wonderful time at Wizard World. Wizard World was really fun and it's it's a it's a fantastic comic expo and i got to go see stan lee and, awesome i uh, got to see him talk for about an hour and then cool godzuki and i went in uh and got our picture taken with him and it's so awesome let's bring the action figure over to the middle of the table we can genuflect yeah. on stan so lee question stan lee action figure for the talk <laughs> for the talk did you have to pay to get into the talk was that extra no oh, so that was, you just got to walk in and hear him talk. Yeah. That's so that's tits. what I would have liked to do. But, that was fantastic. But Actually, that, that was Saturday? That was Saturday, And yeah. see, I couldn't go except for Sunday. I paid 120 yeah. bucks, which is a lot of money, but I was like, you know what? I want to picture myself with Stan Lee. So I paid the yeah. 120 and did that. You know, I've got some old comics. I could have paid 120 and had him autograph something, but really, I just wanted a picture with him. You know, that you, was more so important. You to me. sent a picture of you and Godzuki with Stan Lee, <laughs> and I, I, I kept it because it was just so awesome. Oh, yeah. And the thing, of course, we're not going to show it to you because you cannot see what we look like. No. However, yeah. Yeah. I'm hideous. <laughs> we're, we're under a cloud of anonymity. <laughs> but but I, when, I, when I first saw the picture, I thought it was great because it looked like Stan Lee was photobombing a family photo. <laughs> or, or, or maybe he he was doing a walk-on yep. like he always does in the Marvel movies. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, look, it's Stan Lee driving the truck, or it's Stan Lee as the postman. Or- oh, it was awesome. Uh-huh. It was awesome. <laughs> well, we, we didn't we didn't pop the big bucks to, uh, you know, meet Stan Lee. He actually did show up Sunday to sign autographs. Oh, that's awesome. And so we, you know, kind of were able to walk by. From and a distance. <laughs> look and, yeah. And I guess my... Uh, we split up into two groups. Uh, my son and I did some stuff, and then my daughter and her friend did some stuff. And apparently, my daughter and her friend uh, were like waving at Stanley and got him to wave back. That's awesome. Cool. So that's cool. Yeah. You know, in his talk, he had a handler there, and before he arrived, you know, it, it was huge. The hall was gigantic, and we. Yeah. I got there a little early because I wanted to make sure I got an okay seat, but it was basically a Q and A, and he put microphones up. And Godzuki was like, I'll think of a question. But by the time she was going to get in line, the line was just huge. Oh, yeah, no but it's, doubt. Yeah. it's a bunch of little kids, and it was a bunch of adults asking dumb questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you uh-huh. know, Stan Lee just handled them all really, really well. But uh-huh. we, were, we were told ahead of time, one of the handlers said, don't talk about his wife. We want this to be a happy, upbeat thing. That's good. You know, keep it joyful because we don't want to remind him or bring him down. He wants to have fun. So keep your questions you know, positive because you know, Stan likes that. So 
cool. It was positive, and he was riffing. You you could tell this guy's mid mid to late nineties. I think he's ninety seven. I'm not sure exactly. I haven't looked recently, but mm-hmm. he was really holding it together and you know Good riffing off his things that he probably riffs you know thousands of times. You know at these conventions and stuff. He handled mm-hmm. all the questions. Okay, well. I ha- I've, I've, <laughs> I have one question I would ask Stanley. Now mm-hmm. you tell me, Victor, is this a stupid question or mm-hmm. not? Um, I would ask him why. Did you change the Hulk from gray to green? Why, well, why green? Yeah, I, I bet the... I'm guessing the answer is uh, just for the color. Cheaper popping. ink? Yeah. Or, or yeah, or yeah. this looks better. Because they have these, yeah. you know, these four color things, and yeah, maybe it looks better. Gamma green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that'd be a good question. Okay. I would have listened to that one. But some yeah. of these questions were just, you know, uh, you know like, a, I'm a seven-year-old, and uh, okay. what would... What would your favorite superhero be? You know, <laughs> he's like, all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stan's not going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like naming your favorite child. Excuse uh-huh. me, Mr. Lee, but inspire me as Sissy Seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you were know, a couple like, like that. Okay. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Stop it now. You got your time in the sun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the Madison Comic Con. And, you know, Wizard World Travels. And we did offer to, you know, if there's other ways while we could... Uh, give people in other cities free tickets. Maybe we can work work on that down the road because I do think it's a good Comic Con and it gets people out and yeah, and sure, it's, it's kind of it's fun to network with people that are interested in that kind of stuff. Oh, and the costumes are fantastic! I love yeah. going for the costumes. Yeah. I have to admit that, and you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm not being negative about it or anything. I mean, people put a lot oh. into these costumes, and and they're just fantastic. Well, there was this R two D two builder there who had this perfect replica of R two D two. Oh, that's like the first thing I saw, and yeah. I went straight for it. Yeah, I've seen other ones. Like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, speaking of which, this yeah. seems this a natural segue. Did you guys watch the full trailer? Oh yeah, yeah. I have not. Tor, what the <laughs> fuck? Some people don't watch trailers because they don't want to ruin. There's I, a cute new character. I just I saw that. <laughs> that made the the news yeah, clip. Uh, yeah, I called him Jerger Bill. He <laughs> <laughs> so, looks like a space it's a, hamster. It's a, it's a gerbil. It's a Jerger yeah. Bill. So it's like yeah. Uh, uh, and the news we played one of the late night comedians basically pointing out that that's what you're going to be. Knocking over people at the department store the yeah. day after yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Give me that board, you son yeah. of a bitch! You know, uh-huh. I'm, Star Wars always had that level of that. Oh, oh sure, it, no matter yeah. what. So I'm yeah. fine with it. Well, you know, right. the new Ewok, a little little goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah new yeah, Ewok. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think uh, I think the trailer was filled with misdirection, and I think that there were a lot of things that you know you feel like you've left the trailer. Ooh, wow, this is going to happen. I think they I think they snapped it together in a way that I'm guessing there's a lot of misdirection in that trailer. It looks awesome to me. Are we going to plan a yeah. mass tank riot outing? I think we should. And I, fams, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah, we'll take over a whole row of somewhere. Absolutely, uh-huh. <laughs> the G row, which is the key. Yeah, you know, because it's not too high. Row not G. Too low. <laughs> row G. Uh, Don't tell everyone; they'll take it from us. Here's the the worst, the worst, <laughs> <You're in bricks. laughs> the worst and scariest costume I saw at Comic Con, though. Yeah, I mean, there was a guy dressed as the the old yellow Wolverine, which I thought was pretty awesome. Sweet, the yellow and blue one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. the worst costume was someone came dressed as the puppy monkey baby from the Mountain Dew commercial. Oh my, that is it was up. terrifying. <laughs> Full oh. human size puppy head. Monkey body, baby legs with a diaper. They replay that every now and again, and I got to say, it still gets to me. I'm like, it's well done. Uh. Wow. <laughs> there was, uh, <laughs> uh, on at Sunday, there was this guy walking around as Luigi. Nice. From from the Mario Brothers, right? He's the guy oh, in the green overalls. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But this guy, 
he had he had like the the correct natural mustache and everything. Nice. So I just it was hard not to stare at him because it like he looked like the real Luigi. Nice. <laughs> like wow. like Luigi would be in real life. You know what I mean? <laughs> you reminded me. It was really funny. I brought the family. We went to the Renaissance Fair. Um, down, okay. in, down in Bristol, and uh, <laughs> it was like the last weekend. Did you get so a turkey leg? We went down there. No, I didn't eat the turkey leg. I did have some really awesome mushroom soup, though. But but we uh, <laughs> would you like a diet Pepsi with your turkey she leg? She was dressed as a princess, so she had oh. her little uh, you know flower tiara and Sweet. a princess dress on. But we went to this uh, barrel ride. There are these old fashioned rides where guys push a barrel on ropes around and spin it, and the kids ride around in this barrel. It's just old fashioned ride. Sounds like a real puker. Right. So <laughs> she's waiting in line, and it only takes four people. But while we're waiting, two other little boys show up. <laughs> one is dressed as Mario, and one is dressed as Luigi. Oh, yeah. So in full costume, Mario and Luigi. Wow. So I was laughing because there we were in the uh, barrel ride, and it was a princess, Mario and Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> riding in the barrel together. All you needed to be dressed as a mushroom, and you would have had it. Yeah, I would have had it. If I only had a mushroom. <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. Wow, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's a good time. Well, I actually there's um, a pl- place in town I discovered on the west side of Madison. Get out of here. It, it's. <laughs> 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 it seems, it, it Tell seems, me more. It seems like your excitement it came a little early there, Spenick. Possible sarcasm. No, you know it's sarcasm. No, it's not. It just it is I, sarcasm it, awareness it, month. Yes. <laughs> so this, this is a, or Sam, your side of town, Sputnik. Anyway, what's yours too, Needle Nuts? Yes, I know. That's why I found it. <laughs> your, your secret it's, identities are becoming less and less secret. It, oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned that. On the, the bleeplorp side of the Madison. Bleep blurb, yeah, anyway, this place is on the west side of Madison, and it's an arcade. Okay. Ooh. No big deal. No, you got me now. They have a different business model. Instead of, you know, shoving quarters every time you play, yeah. you come in and you, you buy a wristband. Geeks Mania. Yes. <laughs> and everything oh, is yeah. Uh, free play. Yeah, before they did that, they were yeah. doing coins, and I would go there and do the coin version of playing the games. I didn't know they had a restaurant there. There's no restaurant. It's just games, right? No, there, right. There's okay, no restaurant. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad they did that because that just seems so much more fun to just have a wristband and just yeah, go to yeah. town, do whatever you want. Although it's kind of weird because you're like, I got to get my money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep playing games. <laughs> it's awesome. like, should I, was, I leave now? No, they, I should play some more. <laughs> I think they do a monthly <laughs> membership too, don't they? Like, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. I think you probably even buy a, a lifetime membership. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's an interesting business model. Oh, that's cool. I was I told Victor there's I found a shop. Um it's a model uh remote control um slot car shop that opened up on the west side of Madison. It's right by um where Crazy TV Lenny's TV store used to be. So you like you, you could okay. you could go right past it and not even see it. But like slot cars are really different from when we were kids. You know, you got oh, the yeah. HO scale. These are more like soapbox derby. And oh, yeah. you can build the car from the ground up, and it's all motorized. And you and the slots are not, you know, like a slot and a piece of plastic. They're like these big, elaborate tracks. So this building yeah. is like the size of a warehouse, and and oh. they've got all these people that come in and 
do all this stuff. And so you would never set up your own tracks in your house. You would build your car and then bring it to this place? Yeah, because they have like you know okay. these big race mm. clubs and everything. And, and then wow. there's all this drone stuff and everything into it. And it's, it's amazing. I was just in uh, the camera company this week. Yeah. I hadn't been in there in a while. And they have uh, just a few things now that are for the chemical cameras. And now everything is digital, you know, USB, lightning connectors, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then they have all these packages for, you know, spare drone props and, and protecting cages and so forth because, you know, people are using, yeah. you know, GoPros and, and the drones oh, yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I saw some guys flying a drone near the, the coal center along the bike path mm-hmm. just a couple days ago and thinking i don't think that's legal because <laughs> they were i mean they were right in the city flying over everybody yeah yeah I, the drones are going to become more and more of a problem yeah. i one thing yeah. i did see already is um now there's for people who really like their privacy there's all this anti-drone equipment you can buy now the, oh, yeah. my, my favorite one that i've seen thus called far, a shotgun i have an emp <laughs> actually actually yes oh, yeah. um but, but not the way you would think uh, okay. It's a shotgun shell that you can p- put through a shotgun, but it's a weighted net. Oh, so you you blow this up there, and then it just it, you know yeah. it downs the drone or whatever. But wow, what, what I think you know drones are kind of cool because you can get really good footage of like I've seen awesome oh, yeah. footage of lighthouses and like there's some really cool. You, uses. you can get camera angles you can't get yeah. really any other way. Yeah. Well, the news agencies use them all the yeah. time now because oh, yeah. it's cool. Like with hurric- all the hurricane damage and so forth, when you. You know, see, right. they essentially look like boom shots from Hollywood movies, but it's they're really just these drones yep. with. Well, know. the GoPro right. does such. I have a GoPro, and they're great for recording my bike rides. So yeah. that when a car cuts me off, I just have a little record of it. <laughs> I don't really do much else with it. Or that's very Russian but, of you, Victor. But they're fun and uh-huh. they're waterproof and everything. Yes, because <laughs> Russians right. are like the yeah. first to get them yeah. get car videos. Yeah, and... <laughs> they, they have the best. Like typical day in Russia, you know, you, you see can see very a Russian behavior bear riding in a sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> but thank God for they have those dash cams. Oh God! But yeah, yeah, I I I do, I do that. It's it's kind of fun, um, especially on big rides. Mm-hmm. But yeah, GoPros are great, and you just put them on the bottom of a drone. You can get this 1080p, even awesome footage. Right. Um, but I love yeah. that they're waterproof, and you can put them underwater. You can take them diving and do that kind of stuff with them. Right. Except yeah. none of the water in Scotty Nation is clear enough that you would see. You know, it's kind of like when they when they take cameras to Loch Ness, and it's like you go yeah. down about three feet, and then that's <laughs> like, it. Do, nothing. <laughs> there could be the monster three feet from you, but yeah. you wouldn't know it. It'd yeah. be four feet away, but then I can only see three. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God damn it! <laughs> I don't want to see a lot of you know drones flying over and uh, no. you know sort of disrupting the peace right, kind right, of thing. And, right. I get I get I um, understand people's hesitation and reservations about them. Yeah. Makes sense. But as as long as we're revving up the meter here on uh <laughs> I have started to get into Magic the Gathering. Uh-oh. <laughs> get out of here, really? <laughs> well, my son's played it and I thought, well, this be, you know, I I'm kind of curious, so I wanted to play against him to just see what it was about. So I stopped at a card shop, and apparently some card shops, I don't know if they all do this, but have uh, essentially free starter packs. Yes. and uh, just, just give you that one for free. Yeah. Right, just exactly. to get you First one's free. After <laughs> that, it's 10 bucks a pop, kid. Yeah, that first one free. Exactly. And they sell these awesome cards for lots of money that are behind the glass. Oh, yeah, You yeah, just yeah, want yeah. that one super card. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I've I've just wanted to announce I've I've started the slippery slope. Yeah, you're, you're and, gathering. Um, but yeah, but it 
it, it does appeal to my. I have always liked to collect things and sort things and kind of. Oh, I never it, thought it, of it from that point of view. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but the game does seem like a good game as far as a tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of strategy. It's no Settlers of Catan, but you know what yeah. is really. <laughs> There was a there was a magic <laughs> store. Um, yeah. Speaking of crazy TV, Lenny, you know where his uh, e bike store is on yes. Odana? God, well, I want one of those so bad. It's really cool. You I know, know what? We should go over there. We sometime. should. We should. That should be yeah. an outing. We just go yeah. and check out electric bike. He actually moved to a bigger location down on Odana Road or something. Well, he always was in Odana, okay, but but, but just like <laughs> maybe half a block over. So, uh, anyways, where he used to be, there, there's yeah. a Magic the Gathering store. And, like, you go in there, and there's always a bunch of guys. <laughs> I mean, like, you go into comic book stores, and there's always a Magic section where you can buy all these different decks and so forth. Yeah. But then there are stores that are, this store is just for Magic. Yeah. And, man, these guys look at you like... I don't think he's one of us. He's not one of us. Oh one yeah, one of yeah. us. One I mean, I'm us. pretty. I'm pretty used to walking into <laughs> yeah. geeky or weird places and, mm. and people going, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah." The Viking Prince got into that for a, for a while, and I had, I, I do still have a whole bunch of those cards. We might have to play sometime. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> would refresh I would my memory. <laughs> I would yeah. do so. I mean, if if you guys want to do that, I would definitely get a starter kit and just you know brush up on the rules. I think that'd yeah. be a blast to play some games like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even probably understand all the rules yet. My son almost always beats me. <laughs> I think either the t- the two times I've beat him, uh, I think he was playing with his like factory seconds deck or something like that. And the other time, I'm not sure I was following the rules correctly. <laughs> I was thinking I may the have nice. drawn more cards than I deserved. <laughs> but I always think of the Big Bang Theory when uh, Sheldon's playing Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your Mima died. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when my Mima died. Yeah, Enchanted Bunny. Yeah. Enchanted Bunny. Right. <laughs> it's like ah. But it's it's uh, the so far um, the stores I've walked into the people have been really friendly. Yeah. So I I thought you know I'm I'm planning to walk into a lot of the stores in Madison and just you well, know kind of see what it's like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's one on the but, uh, Cottage Grove Road area that has all the tables set up where people play. Yeah. Like yeah, a lot of them have yeah, tables. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. uh, Pegasus on the west side yeah. too. That's got a bunch of gaming tables. They also yeah. have that sign that I told you about. We you got to go see it. Just there's a really great uh, uh-huh. Mexican restaurant right next door. So you could just have lunch there and not necessarily have to go into Pegasus Games. But they have a, right. a, a sign there that says essentially you can't just come in after not bathing for days on end in a bathrobe and slippers we do have some grooming and smell issues i mean i'm paraphrasing but it essentially comes down to all you could picture is like some 300 pound guy coming in in his bathrobe and going let's play yeah (laughs) nice ma'am yeah yeah well that's cool yeah. So far, yeah, I, I did walk into Pegasus, and, and the staff was nice and, and yeah. w- well-groomed. Yes. Um, I think and, they're trying to set an example. Right. And the customers <laughs> that, w- that were there when I was there were also nice and well-groomed. Okay, very so, good. So... Um, so apparently I didn't hit the time frame when bathroom guy shows up. But uh <laughs> <laughs> that sign appeared like a couple of years ago, so okay. I'm guessing that more than enough time has passed now where this is no longer an issue. Oh, okay. But yeah. um yeah, I think for a while there it was like, look, dude, and right. you know and you know who you are. <laughs> nice. I was just thinking yeah. about the last card game that I played was from a deck 
from a Mad Magazine from the 1970s because mm-hmm. oh, Godzuki wow. was interested in playing a game, and I was like, "Ooh, you know how to play War, right?" So I went and found because I'd kept it from when I was a kid. It, it's Spy versus Spy War. Oh and sure, they mm-hmm. printed out the pages, and you just ripped apart the perforated pages, and then you yeah. have the whole game of War, but it's in Spy versus Spy format, which is a great way to play the game. Very of cool. War. You got daggers, bombs, tanks, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. It's not quite Magic the Gathering, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, I I will look into that. But cool. um, I'll see if I can find those cards that we have around somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, um, myself and cool. Mrs. Uh, Sputnik just uh, I I did not go to Wizard World. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to, but we had uh, went to Utah to to go to some of their national parks, which are really really very pretty, very just gorgeous. The only downside of that was was um, the trails were just packed. And if it were just, you know, people and their families, it would be one thing. But there were bus after bus load of Germans. Germans? (laughs) There were Germans everywhere. I went hours without one of those vacation experiences where (laughs) all the the confluence is something crazy. (laughs) I myself am German. So I, and, and, and so I say this with, with no small level of disgust, but these were not the Germans that I have come to know in my life. There was oh, yeah. no sense of order. They oh, were yeah. constantly getting lost on the the trail path. Oh, really? And Marco Poloing <laughs> in German. <laughs> Marco Poloing. Like. They, they would like rush into the bus. Well, it sounds it, it sounds like everything in German. Rolling. Yeah, <laughs> like, it sounds like load the Jews onto the train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so. Um, when the bus doors would open, they would rush on without letting people come out. And then we we're like totally surprised, like I say, getting lost, getting confused, uh, having no sense of personal body space. So they were like, like right up to you. And I'm like, could you please just fucking Z off? <laughs> you know? I mean, I want to be, you know, a gracious American and say, welcome to our wonderful country, but you're starting to fucking hack me up. Anyways, it was still beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was still gorgeous, you know, even with the Germans. <laughs> that, that's crazy because, I mean, you would expect a state like Utah that you'd be having lots of wide open spaces. You, you would could think just so. Stretch out. Well, it's like when you so go to the, yeah. I went to the Grand Canyon, there's lots of foreign visitors at places like the Grand Canyon, but they're from all different cultures, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, definitely some people are, some cultures definitely are different about body space and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but they're, German? but they're Northern sound, European. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should have at least a three foot yeah. space bubble. Yeah. No way, man. Yeah. Right <laughs> up in my chops. I'm like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I, I've been to Germany and, and I actually felt it very similar to Wisconsin in, in, yeah. that, in oh, that, yeah. that sort of yeah. respect. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised that they were acting so differently. I was yeah. amazed when I was in Germany at how, you know, law and order everybody was about, like, stoplights and jaywalking. And, you know, you don't cross the street if it doesn't have the walk symbol. It really was oh, yeah. uh, kind of weird for me because I was, you know, pretty much just, I'll do whatever I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. everyone was just, you know, they look at you like crazy. Yeah. Well, they were doing a lot of that. Uh, like, yeah. you know, they, they would get ahead of you and, you know, like they'd walk really fast and they'd get ahead of you and then they'd double back. <laughs> And they'd be like face to face with them, like what the fuck? It's you know I love that commercial though, where you know the kids are in the pool, they're playing. You go Marco Polo, and then they got Marco Polo really just standing in the water, go see, see Marco Polo. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, that was fine. I will say this though, Wisconsin is a newly red state. 
Yes. And I would like to to just say that there is a huge difference between a freshly red state and a state that has always been red like Utah. Uh, so we were starting to watch the Salt Lake City News. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really uncomfortable <laughs> shit. Stuff that if you if you did that here, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Give us an example. Oh, like, you know, it's like well, the insane people seem to be coming to Salt Lake City to use our resources. And I'm like, well, oh. that's very Christian of you in a latter day kind of way. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, God. Anyways, mm. and then, of course, all those liquor stores are state owned. I don't know if you guys have ever been in states right. where the liquor is state owned, but, but the, the, it's always like, in the weirdest place in town, it never looks like anything. And then you go in and it's like a regular liquor store. But that's, you realize, I mean, because we've all been state employees. Right. And it's like, here's, well, this is like a fucking dream job. I'm oh, like God. working in the liquor to be a store. a state employee working at a liquor store. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, <laughs> geez, talk about so the, did, the fox owning the hen house. So did you have to buy like state of Utah government whiskey or something like that? <laughs> no, but I did buy a really fabulous whiskey that I, I must recommend. It was, so they, they, are really into um, small batch distilling and everything. Ooh. Had some excellent bourbons, and uh, so mm-hmm. you know I was digging into that. But of course, what I have to mention, I think, is before. So we spent a day in Vegas before we went to Las Vegas before we went to Utah. But then we also came back and spent a day. So we we spent Wednesday in Vegas and left later Thursday morning. And of course that Sunday is when, when the mass shooting took place. And, uh, I knew you were safe because it was a country music show. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, Sputnik will not be shot at was, a country and western sure show. I wasn't sure that you'd be there still. I wasn't sure of your, you know, itinerary, but I knew if anything, you weren't going to be attending Th- that the was, country That show. was me in that picture with <laughs> wow. the, uh, star-spangled cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the video or of the guy who just raising his middle finger and just standing there and saying "shoot me." <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. Oh, I didn't see. Wow. I'll just use. I'll just cite in on this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, but what 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 struck me is is um, we uh, stayed at the Bellagio, and Mandalay Bay is up the uh, Strip. You know, a couple casinos from from mm-hmm. there, but it's you know pretty close as the mm-hmm. Strip goes. And we pass by there all the time and by that stadium. And that stadium is, is you know, because it's, it's made for desert night concerts. So it's very low and, you know, lighted and so forth. I mean, this guy just had his pick of targets. It was just a kill box. Well, I, wow. I heard that he um, also bought uh, hotel room tickets for Lollapalooza. So he was thinking about this a couple months earlier. He was oh, yeah. thinking about doing yeah. that. Because yeah. everyone's like, you know, everyone's speculating immediately. Oh, he's after the right wing. You know, he hates America or whatever. Right. No, he just yeah. wanted to find a box of people that yeah, he could he nail from a hotel room. Count, it didn't matter who of course, they were. Of course, we're going on a cross-country trip to to go to all the states that have uh, legalized recreational marijuana and, you know, check them all out, see how they are. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I mean, two thumbs way up for Colorado. I mean, the first and the bestest. Because, well, because you can buy it and use it somewhere. <laughs> yes. Where in Las Vegas, you can't. There's still this weird stigma about drugs of any kind. So anyways, went to the dispensary. It's like everything in Vegas. You go in and it looks kind of seedy. You get a number, you go in, and it's just like this huge, well-lighted room. <laughs> and they've got all this shit going on and everything. So anyways, long story short, I ended up buying some pot and some edibles. And they were... 
I was just so fascinated by this. I had to get some. They were uh, edible gummy bears. And I know what you're thinking, Tor. It's like, oh, great. You bust my balls for getting gummy bear vitamins. And then, but you, if you buy with dope, it's like hip. Yeah. And I, all I can say to that wow, is... Wow, made yes, vitamins cool. Yes, yeah. that is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I have never had more fun than with those edible gummies. That's but, awesome. Um, because there is no place to smoke in Las Vegas. It's just the sea of humanity. And you can't smoke it on the streets. You don't have smoking lounges or anything. You can't smoke in your room or the casino. Oh, you can smoke cigarettes until your face. Oh my god! Yeah, I was in a casino just briefly because I was in Minnesota, just near one, and the hotel had a free shuttle. I was like, "Yeah, let's go see what the casino's like." Sure. Oh my god! I think it's everyone was Ho Chunk or something nation. So you can smoke. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Air is like blue. Oh, it's like going back in time. Yeah, twenty years. It is. Oh yeah. Or we more, used to play shows, you know, at yeah. bars sometimes. You'd be playing in Chicago or something, and it just, you just come home reeking of smoke, you know. And uh, now it's it's a whole different story because every club is smoke free and everyone just smokes outside. Mm-hmm. But uh, wow, those casinos are a time travel. Yeah. Ooh. When I, I was in band in junior high, and my band instructor uh, apparently played some bars and stuff too. And he said he had, he had a, a suit, suit coat. <laughs> That he just wore when he played uh, bands because uh, when when he played the bars because you would never get the smell out of it yeah so he never yeah. wore it to school yeah. or anything it just reeks I mean yeah. and and the the game see I mean as as I've established on the podcast for years I am a non person non gamer mm-hmm. so I'm not really great with cl- crowds <laughs> I mean I don't I don't seek them out uh-huh. and and I don't gamble I don't game oh yeah gambling is just Gambling is just, I, I know I'm, I know it's very Midwestern Protestant yeah. of me, but I, yeah, gambling, because, you know, I think we all know people that say, well, I save up about a grand every year, and we go to Vegas, and when that's got done, I just walk away. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a thousand bucks you could have done, right. you know, anything else yeah. with, and whatever. Anyways, what struck me was- magic cards. Yeah, you, you could have spent it on magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there was this- um, the, the slot machines, you know, you just generally think of these things as like fucking, you can put anything on them and they do. Yeah. So, uh, they had like, uh, the walking dead, mm-hmm. uh, slot machine. Slot. <laughs> you know, I mean, zombies and this, well, kind of, I kind of get that. <laughs> but then they had once, like I'm looking through the smoke and everything and they have Miss Betty White. And here's like Betty White yeah. from, from like Golden Girls. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with slot machines? It's the elderly crowd. I guess I, you're right. I bet there's a murder she wrote slot machine. Probably. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. But yeah. no, I was thinking of, um, you know, what's the one that Pa Simpson always said? I just want to watch Matlock. Matt Matlock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy Tell Griffin. Tell Matlock's on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, while I was going to the dispensary, I love that word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this medical or recreational? It's like, well, I'm kind of fucking hyper, but I would like to relax. <laughs> so little of both. Little of both. <laughs> Give me an ASAP. That's cool. And they have an ATM machine right there, which is awesome. You know, they think of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, well, I'm going down there, and and we're ta- we're chatting up the cabbie, and he's talking about all this shit, and it's it's just fun. And they had a he had a booklet um, behind his seat, and it had all these things that you could do in Vegas. One of the things that we noticed during the day is, and you don't think a whole lot of it because it's the West, you know. But there were a lot of people wearing guns. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that were strapped. Hmm. You know, a good guy with a gun will stop a bad guy with a gun. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sorry. unless the bad guy's 32 floors up. And Can you, you imagine if someone pulled out a gun and randomly was shooting back at the hotel? There's nothing I love more a than pistol? a withering, withering crossfire yeah. just to keep everyone safe. Yeah, I'm yeah. air quoting like a fucker right now. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine yeah. the police coming in. Oh, it's this guy. Pop, pop. You know, yeah, yeah. there goes your good guy with a gun. Let me point him out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Well, that, that's, it was super psychotic of the individual, but it was super well planned out. He obviously had this... Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think I think it really just cramps people too that they can't find a motive. Because like, some, I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to find a motive. You know. Yeah. I, I guess I I I you know everyone's like oh don't don't give them attention don't you know don't give people ideas we want to know I'm like no I really want to know why he did it I want to find a journal you know I want to find out that like yeah. it, it's part of wanting to put a puzzle together. Well, you know? it, it, it is. It is responsible. I but mean, the, it, the point is, is that conservatives jump on that right away, and then it's like, oh, it's a mental health issue, and it's like, yeah, and you know what mental health is? It's it's healthcare, and of course you don't fucking want that. <laughs> so I guess the cycle is just going to keep repeating yeah, yeah. endlessly. Right. But you know what? We're going to take some time and look into those bumper stocks. Well, that's not really the fucking issue now, no, is it? The only thing in yeah. Congress right now is uh, uh, passing a law to make uh, silencers legal. <laughs> that's the only thing they're working on yeah. with yeah. guns right now. Well, that's so. another thing you can do to bring down drones, because you can use silencers or suppressors, suppressors. as they're called in the trade, yeah. with 22s. Yeah. So you could sit there in your yard, you know, you hear like... You'd have to be a good shot. Piff, 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 piff. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Set up a Bofor gun? Or right, right. Boom, boom. <laughs> it's like when I would go grouse hunting. I had a 22-20 over and under. Nice. If you can't handle it with the 22, just flip it to the 20 gauge and then you got it with the shot. Lay down wow. some suppressing fire <laughs> yeah, and then hit it with the, the big one. Yeah, yeah. You always go for that clean 22 shot. Well, one of the news. Hi, a good clean kill. That's the ticket. One of the news channels had Wayne LaPierre. Oh, God. Oh, no. Now and, there's the pure skin of evil. And he was. Even after Las Vegas, he's still weaseling out of things. Of course he and, is, and he, Tor. That's his job. He actually is a weasel. He's like Rocket Raccoon. He's the yeah, only one yeah. of his kind. And, <laughs> and, and he wouldn't even... You know, the NRA said they'll, they'll look into banning bumpers. Um, bumper stocks. Bumper stocks. Uh, yeah. yeah, bump stocks. Yeah, bump they're, stocks. they're not going to. Yeah, and, and but yeah, he the, wouldn't... But they're throwing that out like a bone. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you know what? Now's not the time to talk about this, right. Victor. When right. is the time to talk about Well, then when there's a next mass slaughter, that's Well, then it's not the time to talk about it. Well, that's not the time either. I heard someone say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not the time to talk about this one, but let's talk about the Sandy Hook Elementary School. It's been a long enough time since that one. So let's talk about that one and ignore the current one. Right. <laughs> I thought that was the one where they were going to say, okay, enough is enough. Because they weren't just children. They were white children and they were well-to-do. That should have been I know that one. sounds right. harsh, but I'm, I'm sorry. Harsh, but, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, if, if Chicago gets shot up, everyone's yeah. like, oh, well, you know. No, tell yeah, me. Chicago. But Sandy Hook, it's like, no, they're little tiny white kids. So, God, so we got to do something. If we couldn't but do anything the, after Sandy The one Sandy thing Hook, Wayne LaPierre yeah. said... Um, it, that okay, so he wouldn't really give full endorsement of banning bump stocks. Yeah. So he's kind of Weasley on that, and then he was also asked, uh, you know, it was kind of pointed out that if someone in the crowd, you know, you know, was carrying a a, <laughs> a sidearm, there yeah. was really nothing they could do with someone. I'm glad he, he pointed that second, out. No, he didn't point that oh. out. The the com the <laughs> oh, commentator okay. said, and Wayne Lapierre. Wayne Lobby, he refused to acknowledge that people couldn't defend themselves with a gun. And, and all he could say was, well, the police that raided his room had guns. So 
That was his, that makes it all fucking fine. Yeah, which was just totally weaselly. I love how they're looking and, into yeah. hotel uh, security now. You know, the problem with all these mass shootings is uh, the security at the this elementary school and maybe yeah. the security at the hotel. You know, not the, just, maybe not, the teacher not, should be packing. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, no, that was suggested. I know it was. Oh, yeah. I damn yeah. well know it was. Oh, my God. I, well, that's, but that's the thing. What is the, wrong with this The country? NRA, before that last <laughs> shot is, is done, they are there with their disinformation kits just sending out the message. It's mental health. It's this. It's that. And the thing of it is, Wayne LaPierre and his crowd were the ones that radicalized and totally changed the NRA in the 1980s. And, and they're right. the ones that continue to turn all the screws here. But if I could, I would just yeah. like to make two points about Vegas sure, if sure. I could. So in that booklet, they had all these things that you could do in Las Vegas. Yeah. And that's what I was mentioning. I said, you know, I was kind of noticing a lot of people were strapped, but I thought, well, it's the fucking West. Maybe that's just what they do. Anyways, um, I was paging through this book and, you know, I was kind of expecting to see stuff like, uh, see the Rat Pack impersonated or, you know, uh, Circus So Gay. Penn and or, Teller. Or Penn and Teller. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, my room was looking out Whoa. over like a 40-story tall photo <laughs> of Penn and Teller. Wow. Those guys. <laughs> so... They had some unusual activities like um, a restaurant where you're completely in the dark. I mean, like pitch black. And your waiters and everything have these like starlight scopes like the soldiers use, you know, on the front of their helmet. And you're just sitting there in the dark, you know, trying to eat and everything. Now, why that's fun, I have no fucking idea. What's the theme of the restaurant? Feel your food? I don't know. <laughs> that's just... Whoa. Okay. Well, I know, I know, I know. I can I can show it to you if you want to see it's it. It's like one of those Halloween things where you put, you know, peel grapes and say, it's a bowl of eyeballs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are you, six? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, camp or something? <laughs> Anyways, but, but the, the majority of the activities that I was seeing in the book were go, you know, take the whole family and go to a machine gun mm. uh, gallery. And, and here's, here's our special Tuesday assault package. And you got so many rounds and your choice of automatic weapons. My favorite one, though, was um, you could rent a helicopter and shoot a minigun out the side door. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, in a Hunter S. Thompson kind of way, that does sound appealing. It does sound yeah. kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit. Like, you know, if we get enough scotch involved, it's a possibility. <laughs> exactly. So, so I was saying to Mrs. Sputnik, you know, it's, it's like when you when we're going into the Bellagio, or if you you know stay in Las Vegas at a, at a hotel casino, people are coming in twenty four seven, coming in, going out, whatever. Yeah. So, so it's not like checking into a usual motel hotel. You know, you you've got a long line, and and there's like thirty or forty people just checking people in mm-hmm. and and you know doing all this and all that. And I, I turned to, to Mrs. Sputnik and I said, Oh God, can you imagine now if they have to metal scan, you know, scan yeah. for weapons and everything? But then I thought, okay, what if you could go back in time? So let's let's say I, I went ahead in time in my TARDIS three days and I Saw this guy, or two days probably, and I and I you know go to the Mandalay Bay right. and and I see him checking in and he's got all these guns. He just says, "I'm a I'm a, a salesman. Yeah. I'm a trader." Exactly. And, and if I would have stopped yeah. him and said, "Look at this! Look at this! These are all guns! All guns!" I would be the one in jail. Right. I would yeah. be the one arrested. Not <laughs> not like disturbing the peace. Yeah. 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 Like oh yeah. yeah okay. Well, it's it's okay. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. all I want to say about that. I mean, other than the fact that oh come on, let's just. Okay, the NRA is the most effective lobby, hands down. 
arms on an international and national level are one of our biggest industries. Again, we're a capitalist democracy, capital C, small d. Same with healthcare, same with everything. It all fits into the same jello mold. If someone's making a buck off it, fuck you. That's just, and then they train you to actually say, well, actually, uh, I would like to be uh, fabulously wealthy one day. So I I say, let's not regulate that in any way, shape, or form. I I too would like to. (laughs) The NRA is simply trying to increase gun sales. Well, actually, every every time there's a mass shooting, the gun sales do go up and then happen again. Or or Obama. Obama's presidency saw the biggest gun sales because they would constantly, they're going to take your guns. (laughs) They'll take your guns. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, I just I, I just wanted to mention that well because not you know it just that it was weird hearing about that and I had a couple of friends call me and said God I knew you were going to be in Vegas I hope you're okay and they said you know it was at a country and western concert right? and you go oh yeah I yeah, should have thought yeah, <laughs> but you know I, and am I I definitely thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers oh God I cannot stand that <laughs> yeah but, I appreciate there were some people that tweeted like. Uh, it's not l- enough. L- yeah, let's do something. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. Let's but get I, off our cans. And, and I, I again feel powerless. Like I know there's nothing I can no, do. You know. No. And I know I can't call Ron Johnson and get him to agree with me about anything. Ron <laughs> Johnson is still feeling awkward about the whole Nazi thing. I would feel awkward about it too if I were Ron Johnson. <laughs> I feel awkward because in one way, neurons firing. I, I, I thought it was weird they were trying to politicize who was attacked, and I'm like. No, it's horrible, you know, and yeah. I would have been safe because I wouldn't have been there. But, you know, I saw the Jason Aldean band come and do a Tom Petty song on Saturday Night Live, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. Because yeah. Tom Petty was a really cool dude and dying at 66 sucks. Cause and he just finished the 40th anniversary yeah. tour. Yeah. And then one of the last things he said was, hey, the band is sounding great. There's no sense to, no sense in thinking this is the end. I'm like, yeah. oh. Yeah, he was a cool uh, dude. You know, yeah. I, I, I'll give him, I'll give him that. You know, it yeah. wasn't cool to like him in the '90s. You know, but I did anyway. <laughs> Look, I, I like Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. I, I always have. Super and cool guy. Very right. solid. I mean, it's like people like him die, and cocksuckers like Motley Crue are still alive. Yeah. Now you tell me what the goddamn balance. Yeah. Of that well, is. I, I mean, I don't even want to try, but I could probably make a list of hundred people long <laughs> that that uh, better than. That, that Motley Crue is better than. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. But when I say, but, but Tori, yeah. I, I want to point out that when I say cocksucker, I mean that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Thoughts and I prayers. See. Thoughts and Thoughts prayers. prayers. Right. Thoughts okay. and prayers. <laughs> you know, as long as we're on, you know, our, our uh, monthly roundup of people, people who died, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to the Jim Carroll. We should just use that song. <laughs> people, uh-huh. These are the people that died. Oh. Um, uh, I have to uh, say a big shout out to uh, Walter Becker. Uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned this uh, on the podcast before, and I, I guess I'm sort of coming out in front of the two of you Uh-oh. as well, but Uh-oh. I've always been a huge Steely Dan fan. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so when Walter Becker died, I was very saddened by that because I thought they were just kind of getting the band back back together. And he was and- a bass player, right? Uh, bass, guitar, writer, yeah. producer. Yeah. I mean, they, him and... Uh, um, Oh God! Now I'm blanking on his name. The I'm night terrible. Donald Fagan. Donald Fagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. they they had they had a very unusual relationship, and a lot of people who worked with them in the studio said, "Oh man, those guys knew exactly the sound they wanted, and they were very perfectionistic." Yeah. And 
if, yeah. And those were grueling. Yeah, you, know? you don't make music like that without knowing exactly no, what exactly. you're going to do. Oh, yeah, exactly. the, it, it's, it is, I listened to some Steely Dan. Yeah. Uh, I got it on my MP3 player, and it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a different sound than most other bands. Oh, it, my it God. It doesn't have I, yeah. any rawness to it. It's so clean and... I've loved yeah, Steely Dan like from the yeah. 70s, which oh, was God. not cool at all. No. Yeah. That was not cool. It was like right. Steely Dan was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Mr. Mister Southern California, what can we do for <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I want to say one thing really quick. Channel 101, if you can find it, high definition, Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock had Steely Dan <laughs> pegged. And Yacht Rock is fantastic. That's a Yacht Dan Harmon thing. It's oh, just God. fantastic. It is one of the funniest the things in the world. Funniest I, goddamn Mrs. thing. Mrs. Sputnik and I, if, if ever we hear like Top Gun or anything like this, I'll never do a soundtrack. <laughs> 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 Kenny Loggins. That's not smooth, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Keep yeah. it smooth. It's not smooth. <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that, that, that sucks. And Steely Dan, you know, I, in, in college, I had one roommate pairing one year where we didn't know each other and I got randomly assigned to three other people, right? Right. So there was me brooding goth yeah. pure kinda, rem kind of twitchy yeah uh, there was yeah. me right and then uh-huh. there was my other roommate iron maiden <laughs> like nice. every only iron maiden iron maiden all the time right, oh, God. right? then there was my other roommate steely dan woodstock steely dan and woodstock we would he'd put on lps Woof. he'd make me come to his room and listen to steely dan to try to convert me into the steely dan wow you know? yeah he was hardcore steely dan i'm not even kidding i never right? tried to convert anybody like they say oh i, I was kind of keeping secret i've i'm this is my steely dan coming out of the class but, by the way do you know what steely dan is no why it's named that no, no. I, well, I probably knew at one point, but I don't it's, know. It's named after an aluminum dildo from Underground Comics. Nice. Steely wow. Dan. <laughs> okay, okay, but I haven't told you about my fourth roommate yet. Oh, Jesus. Right, so, <laughs> okay. so the fourth roommate in this this noxious equation that created utter chaos because we forced each other to listen to all our stuff. <laughs> well, right? why would you do that? <laughs> It was, it was kind you of fun. You can't be my friend unless you <laughs> no, like it. We were nuts. It was a crazy... We would dare each other to eat stuff, and we would have... Oh, my we would God. Have, we would have these contests. This was college? Yeah. We'd have these contests where we'd see who could do the most of whatever. So he was into... Uh, who's the rapper, the cool hand, Luke? Or it's... Uh, Coolio? No, it's, it's Luke oh, something the- in the... Funky cold Medina guy? No, no, no. no. It's, it's the... Uh, what? Give me something. Give me a taste. Um, Give me some lyrics. Oh, me so horny. Oh, two live crew. Two live crew. <laughs> oh, okay. He was into rap in the two live crew. Jesus yeah, Not Christ. good rap, but the yeah. two live crew kind of, you know, wow. like, I was into some other different kinds of rap, but this guy had rap down. So yeah, rap, Iron Maiden, Steely Dan, and then Gothy Me. <laughs> I love metal, <laughs> and, and they always have, but I fucking hate Iron Maiden, so I, I oh, share your pain exactly. with that Oh, one. no, I was fine with it after a while, you know. Seriously? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That <laughs> shit makes my <laughs> nose bleed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you get used to it. It's like, it's like an alarm's going off somewhere in your it's mind. It's like Lou Reed's machine head <laughs> over and over. Yeah, I, I, I don't listen to it now, but I, I think if someone put on one of those Iron Maiden albums, I'd probably just be like, all right, fine. I was yeah. into Megadeth and Metallica, you know, back in the 80s. Hey, so far, so good, so what? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best title so P sells, but who's buying? Yeah. <laughs> God, Megadeth, too. Oof. Oh, yeah, Dave Mustaine, mm. the guy that drank too much to stay in Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> How do you screw that up? How do you fuck that up? <laughs> How did you achieve that Well, level? dude, you got to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> 
think you might have a problem if the guys in Metallica are telling you to cut it back. <laughs> I'm just a little uncomfortable <laughs> with your level of intake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I do oh, have to mention times. this one just as a side, just because I was amazed the man was still alive. <laughs> it's like some people you don't know were still living until they die. Monty fucking Hall, let's make a deal. Oh, he just passed away, He just right? passed wow. away, 96. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow. I was trying to explain the Monty Hall. I was talking to the Viking Prince about the, um, what is it called? The Monty Hall uh, paradox. The um, It's a oh, mathematical. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. A, I've heard. I cannot <laughs> explain it, but the idea is if you're given the three options, door number one, door number two, door number three, if you choose door number one and they open door number two and door number three, and there's nothing behind whatever door they open, you're given the yeah. option to switch. Like, say they open door number two. You're given the option then to switch your answer from door number one to door number three. Right. right. Should you switch your answer from door number one to door number three or stay with door yeah, number one? Yeah, you'd think it'd be 50-50, but there's actually one answer that would be right. Yeah. yeah. And I forget what it is. Hello, everyone. I'm just busting in myself. This is Victor. I'm doing some editing, and I realized when we briefly talked about the uh, Monty Hall problem, I got it exactly wrong. So I'm busting in to bust myself because there are some... uh, Sometimes when you say something wrong in the podcast because you weren't thinking you were going to talk about it, and then you do talk about it and you get it wrong, uh, I can come back in later, or we can get letters and people can correct us, but I really don't want to set... I don't want to have it wrong from the beginning because there's a lot of research being done nowadays on... Things like um, the backfire effect, the Mandela effect, the truth effect. If you look up some of those terms, you can find out that sometimes when you get the wrong information first, it just sticks and you'll never remember the right information when you're just kind of talking off the cuff like I was during the podcast. So for the Monty Hall problem, and please go look it up. Marion uh, Vosavant did an article about it that really touched off a firestorm of conversation among mathematicians a bunch of years ago. Uh, when you're When you choose door number one and Monty Hall opens door number two, Uh, the best course of action is to switch from door number one to door number three. And mathematically, in general, this is just, I'm just roughing it right here. It's really fun to read about all the discussions, mathematicians, and some of the mathematical models that are being done about this. If it's under pure random circumstances, you're going to have a two-thirds chance of getting the car uh, versus nothing than you would if you were staying with your door, which gives you a one in three chance of getting the car. So, if it's baffling your mind, it should because it's a really complicated mathematical model that is not intuitive, and it's super fun, and that's why I like it so much. Uh, so, yeah, please read into that one, and um, I, I love it. If you have any feedback about that, uh, let me know if there's any mathematicians out there that are still on the fence about this one. It's it's really fascinating. So, uh, sorry to interrupt the live show, but I just couldn't let the wrong information get out there first because I was just shooting from the hip. So, uh, we'll go back to our show right now. But it's sort uh, of like three-particle analysis. I right. mean, in the yeah. end, all its possible interactions <laughs> right. and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it's it. It's mind-numbing. But, yeah, Monty yeah. Hall, yeah, I love I love. Let's oh, Make Oh, speaking of which, I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw this story, but um, two quantum physicists published a study recently disputing the notion that we're living in a computer simulation a la really? the Matrix. It said to generate the complex behavior of subatomic particles, the physicists argue a supercomputer would require more atoms than currently exist in the universe. But but that's wow. look, that's man, just the universe they know. Just leave yeah, it alone. Right. Just leave it alone. Okay, I'm just I'm bringing it up. Just leave it alone. I love well, it. Okay, so we can't do that with an R dimension. Well, how do so they know? Him? To... 
We, I mean, there's so many holes well, you can pop the computer. in it. Yeah, we got to go to the multiverse. <laughs> oh, God. Here's yeah. here's one I like, too. Uh, an alleged... This, this I love the dark web now. You know, you have these security credit companies say, oh, you get a free search on the dark web. Well, I don't know what the fuck you're looking. You're probably looking at child porn. It's dark. I, I can't see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is what it, gets me is when Equifax is advertising, they can oh, do that stuff. For talk like, about the dark web. Uh, no shit. I don't think so. I'm not... Yeah. We'll just dump it all into the dark web, see what <laughs> yeah, happens. Right. I just thought you guys would get a kick out of this. Uh, an alleged dark web drug mogul from France, Gal Valerius, which is already an awesome name. That's Gal a Valerius. Bond villain, right? Or a Bond girl, Gal maybe. Valerius. I don't know. Gal Valerius. Was arrested en route to displaying his long red whiskers at a beard competition in Texas. <laughs> I don't know anything about what other stuff he did, said beard champion MJ Johnson, but as far as his beard goes, it's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to mention it just because it's like, yeah, 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 everyone's looking for me, but man, check out this fucking facial. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, anyways, uh, two, two other uh, passings I'd like to mention are, of course, Hugh oh, Hefner. We're still in obituary corner, yes. Just two, just two more. Hugh Hefner's kind of cool. I know people hate on him for, I mean... Honestly, wasn't it the first naked woman you really saw was yes, in a Playboy? Indeed. I mean, like, that's... But <gasps> also... Made my adolescence go a lot smoother. But I'm not even kidding you. The articles. I mean... The, the, the articles Play, were good. Playboy launched a lot of sci-fi, and a lot of really good uh, literature came out of that kind of genre. So, I don't know. I'm not that conflicted about it. I read it for the articles, but I did not flip past <laughs> the titties <laughs> either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, Stephen King and a lot of other authors, they were they were published in, in, you know, a lot of their novellas were just thrown in books like that. So I think it's cool. But you looked at the titties too, right? N- no. Yes. <laughs> 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 you always had that one friend who had a stash somewhere. Oh, yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like, I have to admit, I always thought, you know, like when I was a teenager, it would be totally cool to have half, you know, invite you over to Playboy Mansion West and you, you, you know, you take your swim trunks and you go to the grotto and you're hanging out with the beautiful people <laughs> and talking about the Playboy philosophy. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. And Thor, then, Tor, your thoughts on Hugh Hefner? Yes. I haven't gone back and, and read any of the articles that came out after he passed away or anything. I, I've seen some documentaries or at least one document they had on a while back mm-hmm. and, um, uh, He's an interesting character, to say the least. I mean, certainly you can find stuff to criticize. Yes. But he kept all these scrapbooks. He, like, scrapbooked everything. He's got, like, a room yeah. full of scrapbooks. No shit, So, yeah. I mean, hopefully that's going to some museum or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you got to have the round bed and the silk pajamas. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. all the private jet with the bunny on the tail. And, right. Come on. It but, but it was <laughs> funny, he'd have this one day, one day of the week where he'd hang out with his buddies, and it was like uh, Dick Van Patten and that guy that played... Uh, <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> one of the guys that played one of the parents on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, not not the... Uh, Peter Boyle? Oh. No, no, not, not, not the Barones. This was, uh, I think he played like uh, the wife's dad or something like that. So I forget what his I, I, name yeah. is. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I only know the, the, the he's, he's done a lot of parents. things. I think he's passed away now. Mm-hmm. But but huh. the uh, but anyway, these guys of these these kind of TV actors and Hugh Hefner would just get around a table and just start riffing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that sounds like a fun thing to do. It does. If only people did that. Oh wait, I, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Every discussion of potential gunfight now. Yeah. yeah. I so, remember uh-huh. when they used to have Playboy After Dark, and it was on TV, and it was like after eleven o'clock, and everyone uh-huh. would go. You know, and and then everyone would be like, you know, half would be smoking his pipe, and you know, all the women be around, and then all be, you know, like Norman Mailer would drop by and you know discuss his latest book, and it was it was like, okay, yeah, this would be great, yeah, and hey, as long as you're up, I'd like another cocktail, please. Yeah, whatever, have smoking. I want that too. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was an interesting cultural. Yeah. Uh, uh, icon and an angle on the culture. It se- almost seemed to sort of peak in maybe the 70s mm-hmm. and kind of, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't but, know. But you kn- did you hear about where he was buried? Did you hear about that? I did not. Okay. You know, his first Playboy centerfold was so, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. I was yeah. going to say that. Okay. So <laughs> back in the 90s, the mausoleum drawer right next to Marilyn opened mm-hmm. up and he bought it for like 75 grand. That's that one in LA, wow. right? Yes. I was there. That's where Rodney Dangerfield's buried. And I think Dean Martin might be there too. Yes. I saw a whole bunch of cool graves. So, so, so he said, one. you know, spending eternity next to Marilyn is, wow. you know, a dream come cool. true. So there, there you go. <laughs> wow. Of course, my last one now. Oh, and this goes back to our pro wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah. The passing of Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> you guys are all humanoids. Wow. <laughs> I love Bobby the Brain when he was a manager because he would come out with the most sparkly jackets. Mm-hmm. And then when he was a wrestler, he'd be like, take a folding chair and just hit somebody in the fucking head. It was awesome. Bobby the Brain was like my first wrestling idol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bobby I mean, the Brain Heenan. Bobby the Brain Heenan. So yeah. I just, I wanted to mention... Mean Gene's still alive, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> we hope. We don't know. We hope. Whereabouts presently <laughs> unknown. Sure. <laughs> we don't know. But I, I should also mention, too, I did see a movie that I have to recommend. It's not his last movie, but it's a very good one, starring uh, Alan Rickman and Kate Winslet. And it's called A Little Chaos. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman plays Louis Fourteenth, the Sun King. And uh, Kate Winslet is his gardener who creates this outdoor ballroom. And it's, it's, I really enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I thought he, he played that. Plus, I'm currently addicted to a show called Versailles. Oh, my God. Horribly addicted to it. So, is it about Versailles? Like the- yes, the building of Versailles. Mm. And, oh, my God, the shit that is going on behind the scenes and the frippery. You know how I love my frippery. Do you remember Mage, <laughs> the comic book? Yes, yes. Some of that takes place in Versailles. Exactly. Yeah, yes. I loved it. So uh, I, I went to Versailles, and I got to see those gardens. I was very happy. And there wow. is an outdoor yeah. ballroom, too, mm-hmm. to this day. So it's, yeah. So it, that that very much beautiful. is true. But um, I wanted to mention a couple of things, uh, just real briefly. Please. If, if it's I'm okay. sorry, I don't mean to be dominating. No, no. Um, I just, before I forget, because I saw okay. a few cultural things, a couple I want to just mention very briefly, like mm-hmm. uh, Gerald's Game on Netflix, which is an adaptation of the Stephen King uh, novel. Ooh. Um, Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game is a creepy movie that you should not watch with anyone below 16 or whatever, but it's about a couple wanting to spice up their love life by doing something cool at a cabin where she gets tied to the bed, and uh, then he dies. And then the rest of the movie is how the hell 
does this person do what they need to do? And it's yeah. the mother from Spy Kids, like Carla. Nice, good choice. And she's like, she's like in a slip the whole movie, and uh, he's like on the floor. But it's Bruce Greenwood, I believe. I, I didn't think I'd mention this. That's why I'm getting the names wrong because I wasn't planning on talking about this. But I watched okay. it just the other day because it was a really good adaptation. Some Stephen King movies are not easy to film, and this one in itself is a simple setup, a lot like Misery, the the movie. Um, I love Misery. Yeah, Misery is a great book and a great movie. Gerald's Game is a really fun, like, I, a B-plus movie that's just on Netflix for free. So I would suggest anyone uh, just check it out, especially if you're into horror, we'll or a little bit of psychological horror. And uh, Bruce was fantastic as the creepy husband. And then I forget the guy who plays her dad in flashbacks, but he was also fantastic. So uh, anyway, really, really great Stephen King movie. The other movie I wanted to mention because you brought up Ray Romano is uh, The Big Sick. Have you ever seen The Big Sick? No. No, it looked way too rom com Super for good. Me. Really? Super okay. good. Okay. Holly Hunter's in it wow. as the wow. mother of the. So it's based on the true life story of Camille Nanjiani and Emily, who runs Nerd Melt or ran Nerd Melt. They ended up getting married and whatever. It's the story of their romance in the beginning and how she got kind of sick, how he had to deal with the the in-law parents while she was sick and while he was <laughs> kind of going out with her. It did have some rom-com elements, yeah, for sure, but I think there's going to be some Oscar talk about Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. I wish there'd be more about Kumail because I thought he was really great in it, and even the woman playing Emily because that was an actress, not the actual Emily, but a great romantic comedy in, in the genre um, that I'm not usually a big fan of. I don't like rom-coms because okay. they get really derisive and they're things that happen in rom-coms are usually things that a sexual predator would do. You know, like yeah. rom-coms are usually yeah. just creepy to they some creepy. level. This yeah, one is creepy. more written by someone who is smart and thinking about uh, a funny yet touching yet teary kind of movie. So very well done. I guess. I guess mm-hmm. for me, it was just probably another case of a bad trailer. Not selling the movie. Lots of trailers are terrible. Which you mentioned from Blade yeah. Runner 2049. Yeah. So I did, last night I went out uh, for $5 Tuesdays and I went and saw Blade Runner 2049. Right. And I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No spoilers. So this is just me just talking about it. And I'm I, gonna... I don't care. So you can spoil it to me. <laughs> here, here's the best spoiler about it. Blade Runner 2049 totally fails the tour test. It is a sequel to a that's long right, standing the tour property. Test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, that's. Yeah. That, that's the kind of movie we'll want a sequel of, assuming it's good. Is yeah. it good? Here's the thing. It's a Ridley Scott production, so right there, red flags, red flags. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even get uh-huh. the Viking Prince to go with me because they were like, they'd seen the trailers with Ryan Gosling and everything, and we're like, nah, this doesn't look that exciting. Every movie we've gone to in the last couple months has been Blade Runner 2049, and they show the trailer, right. and it looks boring, and it doesn't look like anything yeah. happens in it. You know what always bothers me is when Harrison <laughs> Ford comes in. Yeah. It just... It just he, he kind of looks like, oh, it's Grandpa Han. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and here's the yeah. best thing about the movie. Oh. I, I have one quick question. Cool. How is Jared Leto? I heard he was like super fucking method on this one. He's he's okay. He's okay. okay. And he All doesn't, right. you know, you know the, the character Jared Leto's playing, uh, Denny, the, the, the director's name is Denny uh, Villeneuve. So it's not directed by Ridley Scott. Ding, awesome. ding, ding. Awesome. Um, the writer is Hampton Fancher. So it's not written by Ridley Scott. 
ding, ding, ding. So there's all these things going in its path that I'm really happy about that I didn't yeah. find out until later. I thought Ridley Scott would be all over this with his bullshit scientists suck and everything's about religion and scientists are stupid. The nature of God. Oh, God. Yeah, Ridley, yeah, like, shut the fuck up. Please yeah. don't Feel make to any more alien movies, you <laughs> yeah. dipshit. Knock it off. Go fuck me yourself. Right? So here's the thing. Blade Runner 2049 was a fantastic movie. Okay. Um, so okay. Ryan Gosling was awesome in it as, and Ryan Gosling was the number one choice. But so for that Wallace character, Character, the number one choice to play the Jared Leto character, David Bowie. Uh, oh, Denny wow. really wanted David Bowie to be that role, sure. but then David Bowie died, and he had to sure. find another. I, if David Bowie was this, it would be perfect. Yeah, it'd be perfect. I, wow. I, I totally would have loved that. So, in any case, the Jared Leto, I don't know. He's he's not that important to the movie, in my opinion. And uh, the other thing that I I kind of wish. I wish I would have lived in a universe where I knew it was a Blade Runner movie and I'd never seen a trailer and I didn't know who was going to be in it. Because had I gone into Blade Runner 2049 okay. and just it just laid the stage and here's what's going on and then all of a sudden Harrison Ford shows up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I would have been much happier to have not known that he was even in the movie and then have him show up in the movie. It would have made sure. it a better okay. experience, right? So, but instead you're kind of waiting. What was yeah. Yeah, where's Harrison? Harrison? Yeah, yeah. The movie is two hours and forty-four minutes long. Right? Wow! So Woof. they did not. Uh, That's even longer than the director's cut. It's huge. It's huge. Uh, the first <laughs> yeah. movie. The director's yeah. cut will go on for days. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we <laughs> we've talked about the, that. The first movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but but I, I would say this was a brilliantly written film and. Okay. It reminded me of a lot of the Soviet films, and I'm going to talk because I want to mention a book that I read uh, recently, and I'm going to tie this all together at some point, maybe later. But it reminded me of films by people like Andrei Tarkovsky, because Tarkovsky would, uh, even Stanley Kubrick, they would take their time with topics like this and not rush it. There's no reason to rush it. Just fine. You're in a movie theater for two and a half hours. You know, sure. It doesn't have to be one hour and 20 minutes. Right. You yeah. can just live in this world and experience it slowly. And they do. They let shots linger. They let things drift. They, they just let things kind of go in different directions. Denny has done a few other films. I, I usually like, you know, he did uh, Sicario, which I also like. Um, he did Arrival, which I think is one of the best science fiction movies of the last decade. Yeah. And I think that Taking a director who knows how to make a great sci-fi film and putting him in charge of another great sci-fi project, it is a non-linear sequel. It is something that happens in the Blade Runner universe that happens a little bit later than the first movie. So some of the characters are different, and I thought Ryan Gosling was great. I thought Harrison Ford, for what he was in of it, was great. There, The other actors, the, the villain was great. I'm not going to say who the villains are or whatever, but... Was uh, Sean Young in it? No. Oh. And and you know you know that Sean Young has had some problems, right? No, I, okay. I haven't paid it to... I haven't, Sean yeah, Young check. had a falling out with Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And barely was in the first Blade Runner, right? So if you read about it, there's, okay. there's some problems that happened, and then Sean Young is... Just a, a bit out there, but um, there, was she molested by Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, who wasn't? You know, you know, right, you know who yeah. came, you know who came out for Harvey Weinstein? Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. If Lindsay Lohan really? is sticking up for you, then you got yeah. problems. Oh. Well, yeah. but but I want to yeah. say uh, Robin Wright was really great. She plays a detective in the film. I just think that people oh. who loved, yeah, I mean, Robin Wright was a star in the Wonder Woman film. Oh, she was right? awesome. She was awesome in this movie as well. But but this is seriously 
uh, a contemplative sci-fi film that takes its time, like a Tarkovsky, like huh. Stalker or Solaris, and mm-hmm. uh, just just lets it flow over you, and you have to figure out what's going on, and and you do. It and, doesn't hold your hand. And because of that, it's going to get a lot of low scores on yes. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, a lot yeah. of modern moviegoers don't have the patience for yeah. that. And I got to yeah. admit, there were right. times I was bored. There were times in the movie theater I was like, just get on with it. Just get to the next thing. But then I was like, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It was a Tuesday night. And I was like, eh, whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, movies movies that linger, it's like you you have to be in the right mood for them. Like right. when we were talking about spaghetti westerns, Once Upon a Time in the West. Ooh, yeah, that that's, one's... Oof. Yeah. That, that, that's like... Yeah, that's watching a slow moving painting, but it's so good. <laughs> exactly. But you have to have you have to have the patience for that. Yeah, it's like uh, all, yeah. another example, also in the Western genre, but a more recent one would be the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the uh, coward, coward uh, mm-hmm. Robert Ford. Mm-hmm. That's the actual title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's a Brad Pitt movie, beautifully filmed. Yeah. Uh, but you you got to have the patience for it. I mean, I have to admit, after a certain point of watching that movie, it was like, I will personally shoot the fucker just yeah. to get this movie to move on. I'll tell you, this is going to yeah. be a cult classic. This movie will be a cult right. classic. I don't okay. know if it's going to get the box office, but I would recommend, if you were hesitant about this movie because of the dumb trailers, I would say just go see this movie because it's worth it to be in the cinema because the... I, I'm not a sucker for wonderful audio, mm-hmm. but I loved having the three-dimensional audio. I loved that when something went over my head, I could feel it over my yeah. head. I, I loved how cinematic the movie felt. So the cinematographer did a great job of bringing that presence to the movie, and I was really impressed with it. So I think it's worth your time. I was going to go see it anyways, but after that, I mean, I, th- I think the way you phrased that was really great. Was that, right. yeah, the, the, you're right. The science, Soviet science fiction writers and and movies were always uh, a real secret love of mine for that very reason. Is that they they didn't talk down to you. They didn't have to keep the action at a certain pace. Yeah. They didn't have to keep the concepts nice and simple. Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. like Arrival. Arrival didn't tell you what it was. I don't know if you guys have both seen that movie oh, yet yes, or not. Yes. But Arrival yeah. doesn't tell you what's going on. No. no no, no, no. And then you figure out, and it's awesome because it just lets it wash over you. The same thing happens here. There are plot points that are crazy and critical, and I want to talk to people who've seen it because, ooh, there's all this, yeah, what do you think about that? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But it was also just a meditative, this is life kind of movie. And mm-hmm. I love Ryan Gosling. He plays a ghostly investigator really well. You know, the guy's cool. got this vacant look about him quite often. I've liked him in a lot of yeah. movies, and, and he's always, usually playing that. <laughs> it's always weird for me to admit that because it's like, mm. why do you like Ryan Gosling? It's like, well, I liked him in Driver. I liked him in The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was a revelation. The Nice Guys was <laughs> awesome soundtrack, by the way. Oh. I will share that with you, Tori. You will fucking love but it. But Russell right. Crowe had so much fun in that movie, too. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was a great pairing. And it was a total shelf gem, and it just went, boof, <laughs> you yeah. know, and came super, and went. Super fun. So, yeah. Super fun. So. Well, my wife actually announced that she wanted to see the new Blade Runner movie. Go for it. Uh, so we pulled out the DVD last weekend and watched the, <laughs> the director, director's actually, cut. The director's <laughs> cut, because that's what I have on DVD. I know. Because uh, Harrison Ford's a replicant. <laughs> Uh, yeah and uh uh you know to, that is like the funniest argument that's always going to, on to, to prep ourselves for the whole thing so it was a replicant and Go ahead. uh so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see if we can get to the theater now uh, i'll tell you the director said that uh because 
All right, two things. I'm really excited. Uh, there are uh, three short films that were done as like interstitials between Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Forgot the first one. W- Watanabe, the guy who did uh, Cowboy Bebop, uh, did an animated. Oh. Yeah, he did an animated short film that I watched before this called Blade Runner. You know, 2022 Blackout, but it was about uh, what happened in 2022. Uh, in this universe. And so it's animated and it's got replicants and humans and it, it helps build the drama of where the world ends up in 2049. You don't have to see these. It's kind of like homework. Like you don't have to see these three little, I've only seen one of them, uh, uh-huh. but I'm glad I did. Cause I love cowboy bebop. Uh, this one was really well done. Uh, there are two others that I'll probably go seek out now that kind of fill in a couple gaps of what happened with Tyrell Corporation and and how we set up to end up in 2049. So Jared Leto is not the new Tyrell, and this is not the Tyrell Corporation. Well, well, just you it, can't it, tell it, me. It, it, yeah, okay. no, it doesn't give anything away. But but we all, all right. know going into the movie, Tyrell Corporation, because of what happened with the Nexus Six mm-hmm. models, was basically put out of business, and then Wallace Corporation kind of picked up the pieces of Tyrell to kind of keep the Nexus line moving. So. Jared Leto's character is in charge of Wallace Corporation. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's it just, that's where we're left. And you're told that in the, the scroll at the beginning. It's like Star Wars. You know, you're, you're told at the okay. very beginning, Tyrell's out of business, Wallace Corp is picking up the pieces, and here's where we're at right now in the future. So yeah. anyway, if you get a chance, watch those short films, because the, the Cowboy Bebop uh, guy, that one was really fantastic. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Great movie. Fantastic. Cowboy Bebop's a great, yeah. yeah, great product. Anyway, what else? What else we got going on? Tor? <laughs> Well, you know, I just wanted to ask our audience. Uh, now, now, if we talk about Magic the Gathering, see, there's five colors. You got your red, your green, your black, your blue, and your white. Oh, okay. Geez. And and you can play. Keep her moving. And and you gotta you gotta make up your deck, and you can have all the same color, or you can have combinations of those five colors. I think I see where you're going with this. In, in your deck, okay. <laughs> so, and, and it's up to you to to. Design your deck what you want. Now, at Tank Riot, we have different kinds of shows and different shows on different subjects. So I would like to ask the audience, what kind of shows are our best shows? So you can send feedback at feedback at tankriot.com and just let us know. You know, do you want this to be some kind of morning zoo or sports talk or do you want us to talk politics or We're not gonna, we're or, not going to do that by the way. Da, you da, 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 da. Sport <laughs> talk. Yeah. No, no, I do yeah. have some sport ball talk I wanted to do tonight, but Right. That that that, that should be uh, Yeah, we might not do what you tell us <laughs> take to do. Take a knee. Take a knee. I'm taking a knee on that one. But um the, the uh yeah, you know, politics, movies, comic books. Uh, we can just make this a Magic the Gathering podcast. Or, yeah, we uh, will only talk about Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That, yeah. yeah, so if we get no emails at feedback at takeright.com, <laughs> that's all we're going to do. The gathering. You force our hand, literally. <laughs> Actually, there's some highly successful Magic the Gathering. Uh, yeah, we'll you, just be you, Tank Gathering. <laughs> tank you, YouTube the gathering. videos out there, so yeah. <laughs> Um, so actually, we might increase our user base if we just hit Magic of the Gather. Well, but as an but, example, some of our older podcasts were Freeform at the beginning, yeah, uh, kind of you know our but first, and then a topic, a, a, a deep dive into a, a topic deep dive that we really care about. Uh, these have been more uh, Freeform all the way through, where we go through a number of different topics. Is there right. something else that you would prefer? Let us know at feedback yeah. at tankriot.com. And, and part of this is, uh, you know, what's easy for us to produce in the middle of busy lives. 
Yeah, let's, or you can just tell us what some of your favorite shows were, or you know, any. We're we're looking for feedback so we can make the show better. So I, I just don't want to feel like we're spinning our wheels, you know, spitting stuff out. And yeah, I and mean, whether, if I, I want to do something that the user base likes. And that that brings in more users. We've we've been doing this for over a decade now. So if there's something that you would prefer that we move toward, we can certainly give that a try. Right. Uh, You want shorter or longer shows, um, you know. Yeah, we often ask users about their ideas for topics. But sometimes, you know, because of the freeform nature of what we talk about, uh, we're asking more for meta information. Like what what kind of meta topics? What do you think about the show? And what would you like to hear in... You know, the show in general. Yeah. Do uh, too, uh, Are we talking about politics too much? Is there, um, you would like more cultural, pop cultural items or, yeah. you know, it can be about anything. We just want to hear from you. Hence the name, feedback at tankride.com. That's right. And we'll probably have to get, you know, at least 30 of you to send feedback to get any statistically significant uh, sample <laughs> here. But, but we'll try to gather what we can from it. And hopefully put out a better show or just realize, oh, nah, let's just do what we want anyway. I don't know. We'll see. That's usually what happens. <laughs> we're, yeah. not but, gonna, you know. we're not going to do sports talk that much, sports I can talk. guarantee you. <laughs> all right. Let me, let, let me but, tell but, you. But after this. All right. All right, all right. The let, problem is, as soon as we bring up yep. anything, somebody of the, out of the yep. three of us has to talk about it. Yep, so go, good. Victor. All right. Sports ball. Sports ball. Sports ball. Did you guys watch that ridiculous display on Sunday? Did you watch the Packer game? What? The, um, the arm linking? No, just the football game against the, the Cowboys. Did you watch the Packer game on Sunday? I, I watched parts of it. Okay. I was actually playing Magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. You avoided a Packer game to it play Magic on, and Gathering? I could hear. Fine. And, uh, Fine. Yeah, well, actually, we were playing uh, uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, too. <laughs> During that, but, I'm gonna come over there. Yeah, <laughs> wow. No, but I saw, <laughs> I saw some of the big plays. All right, so I mean the the TV was like 20 feet away. I was pretty invested in the game, so less probably. I love I love the Packers. I love watching the Packer games. You know, it's a big thing for me, right? So yeah. I had, I DVR'd this one so I could record it and watch it kind of in fast forward. Yeah, you know, so I could like just kind of get going, and then I caught up to it live. So I'm like in the fourth quarter. You know, the DVR is recording, and I'm caught up to it live. There's 11 minutes left in the game, and we're losing. The Cowboys have just stomped our defense over and over again. Oh, yeah. For anyone who doesn't care about football, just, you know, bear with me here. Uh, uh-huh. So so at about 11 minutes left in the game, my wife says, hey, uh, let's eat dinner because um, there's still more of the game left. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I'll just pause it. So I paused it, and then we ate dinner. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch the rest of the game. I said, just don't do the dishes because I'll do the dishes. And uh, I'll do them after the game. She's like, yeah. you can never do the dishes after the game. I'm like, fine. I'll do the dishes right now. So I did all the dishes, right? Cause you, you did spite dishes. I did spite dishes, and I was just, <laughs> I was just vibrating. I, just, I am so angry just, right now. God damn it. I, gotta get I these am acrimonious. Fucking dishes done. I was sagacious. But anyway... Uh, so anyway, I, I did all the dishes and I sat down to the game and I started watching from 11 minutes and, you know, a play, a hike would happen. I'd fast forward 30 seconds and then a play would happen. I'd fast forward 30 seconds and then I paused it and I looked at the recording and it said two minutes remaining. And I'm like, there is 10 minutes left in this game and I have two minutes left of my recording (laughs) and we were losing. And I was like, God damn it. The DVR... (laughs) 
<laughs> just decided to stop at the end time oh, of the game. That sucks. And I set extensions on my DVR to go beyond, especially with yeah, NFL. Oh yeah. uh-huh. sure, sure. It's never the end time. Oh, right? no, no, no. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So... So then I watched the last two minutes, and it gets me to the nine minutes left in the game, and we're still losing. Then yeah. I switched to live TV. Packers final! Packers win! 35-31! <laughs> oh, no. And I had no idea what happened. I was like, God damn, motherfucking son of a bitch. So, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Dodd gam father muckin butt of a sitch. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just furious, but we won. We won, yes. but I had no idea how or why or what happened. And so I even called Dish because I have Dish Network, and I called him and said, "What the is going on with? Why did that? I set an extension." They said, "Well, you had two other recordings happen." And and I said, "Well, f- they should have told me then that you were just going to stop randomly recording." And yeah. It, yeah, they it didn't. It just oh, dish doesn't randomly. care. They're dish like doesn't care. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna so interrupt your viewing. Fuck now you, dish. I was so upset. Wow. But but then I watched I watched the play and I realized oh we wow we won it in the last ten seconds of the game. It yeah. was kind of fun. It was kind <laughs> yeah. of fun. But it I was, was like wow. Even though we won, I was just furious the whole night about it. <laughs> oh sure, I was just furious because oh, I can understand it. A nightmare of confusion in my mind of like <laughs> how we were losing. I was angry because we were losing the whole game, and then all of a sudden we won. But I didn't know why, and I didn't get to have the fun of watching us win. You know? Did you ever get this with us. a DVR recording? <laughs> <laughs> where it said, um, like, you, you record a show, and then you see the same show twice, and then one of them is for two hours, and one of them is for three minutes, and you say, the show was interrupted, and may not be complete, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, and then there's, like, <laughs> nothing, so you have no setup, no nothing, and yeah, D- I, DVRs are really upsetting sometimes. I also yeah, don't yeah. know if you guys know this, but we had a tornado come through, like, a couple blocks uh, away from my house, oh, yeah. yes. so... If you know where Madison is, um, I had a tornado come through like a few blocks away and uh, I was watching a DVR show and it, it just stops <laughs> and says, we've lost a portion of this program. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, that's when the tornado happened. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, but I was driving back from Lake Mills and missed the tornado by like five, ten minutes and stoplights were knocked over, billboards were knocked down, you know, branches were down all over the street, you know, crazy went right down uh, the street. But uh, whatever. Yeah. That yeah. was, it, it was like by our house, just nice weather. And, and then the news came on, there was a tornado. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. couldn't believe it either. And I, yeah. I texted you yeah. the next day because I thought, well, it's weird, you know, at <laughs> night. Yeah. And, and uh, for whatever reason, my phone seems to parse out your, your text. So like there's like bits and pieces. Uh-huh. So I had to kind of like piece it together. <laughs> You're like, no, I was actually here. And then we came by and saw all this stuff and heard this touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's an idea for an app. Well, had my uh, okay. When someone sends you a text message, your phone like scrambles it into like a Scrabble puzzle or something. It kind of did, <laughs> and it was like I I had to kind of like um you know like like Hebrew read right to left <laughs> to, to sort of kind of get like what you were saying to get the path of what yeah yeah it was crazy. But yeah, my phone went off because I have emergency alerts on it. But my phone like five minutes out of town was like. <clears throat> It just started beeping at me. I'm like, what's going on? Wow. And they're like, tornado, Northern Dane County. And I'm like, oh, Northern Dane County, that's no big deal. And then I drive yeah. to my house and there's just wreckage everywhere. I'm like, wow. oh, Northern Dane County means by my house, apparently. Northern is apparently Center Dane yes, County. Center Dane County, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. But it was, it was exciting, to say the least. 
Uh, all right, I had one last thing I really wanted to talk about. Okay, briefly, it's a a novel that I read that's going to be made into a movie. As oh. you guys know, I, I like nonfiction. Just kidding, it's only science fiction. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, by Jeff Vandermeer called Annihilation. I don't know if you have you read that one or heard of that one. I have uh, heard of it. I have okay. not read it. It's a it's a cool standalone novel that is part of a trilogy, and I'm starting the second novel, which is called Authority. But uh, Annihilation is the first novel, but this isn't like a trilogy where they're all tied together and you need to know. I don't usually like epistolary style, but the novel is epistolary style. So you're, you're given the perspective of a person on an adventure. Okay, what's the adventure? Why is this science fiction? Here's the thing. It's a, it's a trope of science fiction to have this kind of story, and I love how he did it. And this brings me back to Tarkovsky um, and some other authors. But what I wanted to mention is... It's a film about an area called Area X where something is happening in this area. So this weird corporate government has blocked off this location. and No one can go there except for expeditions that are trained by that corporation to go into that area to try to analyze what's going on in Area X because something uh, weird is going on in Area X. And so no it sounds like something like Bigelow Aeros- Aerospace would do. Right, it's like yeah. Area 51. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a spot you're not allowed to <laughs> Good <turn>. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in Area X, according to the beginning of this novel and any introductory thing you read about it, uh, there have been uh, 11 expeditions to this area, and they usually end in everyone dying, everyone killing each other or killing themselves, or coming back and dying gruesomely afterward, right? Hmm. So this is the 12th expedition where they're, they're like saying, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get these t- four women in a group. We're going to have a surveyor, a biologist, an anthropologist, and a psychologist. And you are the team that are going to be sent into Area X next. And here's what we think is best. We use hypnosis to get you across the border. You don't bring anything modern. You don't bring any cameras. You don't bring anything... You know, you just go in and you write notes and you don't know each other's names and you don't talk to each other and you try to keep your experiences written in a journal that only you read and you don't share that with anyone else. And then you come back at the extraction point once you've explored and tell us what you found. And interesting, they go into the zone and everything goes crazy and... The whole novel is the experience written from the perspective of the biologist, basically. So okay. it's it's All kind right. of it's kind of a pistolary. Super fun. But but brings me back to a lot of great authors who've done this before. Okay. And um there's a novel in Russia that was published in nineteen seventy one called um uh Roadside Picnic or Picnic Noblochinia. Okay. <laughs> right. Published in 1971, but censors didn't want it to be known, and they kept it really on the down low. They edited it highly, and these two brothers who wrote the novel finally got a real version published in about the 80s or 90s. So mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of this novel because it was it was hidden behind Russian censorship, like so many great Russian novels. But what's cool about Roadside Picnic is they said the Earth uh, experienced six places on the Earth as if something had shot the Earth from this star system and left a mark on the way in and a mark on the way out. No one can go there, but it did it three times. So you have these six locations on the earth where there's this five kilometer span where you can't go in, you can't go out. And those who do usually don't survive, but those who are called stalkers or hunters, the stalkers go in and try to get relics and other things out because there's alien technology in there. 
and uh, they can bring things out of there and get rich or do other things. There's miracles that can happen based on this alien technology, but we don't understand it. It's like the Hichi Rebellion or whatever, you know. Oh, the right. uh, Hichi Rendezvous. Rendezvous, yeah. 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 So you, you don't understand the alien technology, but some of it could be really beneficial if you could right. find the right thing and figure it out. Right, right, right. So Roadside Picnic was this famous Russian novel in Russian circles. Well, Andrei Tarkovsky got a hold of it. And in 1978 or 79, he made the movie Stalker. And Stalker is basically a film about a guy who brings in two people to this alien-infested uh, part of Russia. And this, this all happened after Chernobyl. So I think Chernobyl was an inspiration for a lot of this uh, zone fiction. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, in Stalker, the stalker brings in the, a writer and a professor to go explore this zone. But apparently in this zone, there's a room. And if you get into the room, all your wishes will come true. So you make a wish, you get everything you want from that wish. And the only person who'd ever gotten to that room was another stalker that was with the one who's bringing this expedition. And as soon as he got rich, all this money appeared to him, and then he killed himself immediately. And you know that from the beginning of the movie. And then the movie is about, well, well why, why is this blessed place cursed and why are these people trying to go there and what's going to happen when they actually get there and are they going to get their wishes fulfilled so stalker is about a zone area and i love it and it's played out really well but i think uh the roadside picnic is a better sci-fi novel than I'll stalker i'll definitely look that up because i stalker is meditative like blade runner like it takes its time it doesn't rush you but it also doesn't explain anything to you it, it you got no handouts from tarkovsky it's you like know, solaris no handouts. I love Solaris right. for that very reason. That's so, always been one of my favorites. So is Roadside Picnic just in a, a Russian or is there an English it's, version? It, it was translated in the 70s, but I think there's better translations now. But it was translated. Um, yeah, I'd look for a newer translation of Roadside Picnic um, if you're looking okay. for a new, newer translation. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I got super excited about uh, Annihilation and um, Natalie Portman and um, oh. uh, God, a couple other really great um, actresses are in... The movie version. So there, are, there is a teaser trailer out for the movie Annihilation, but I would suggest avoid it at all costs. Much like Blade Runner, if you don't, if you're going to read the novel Annihilation, don't watch a trailer for the movie Annihilation because they've made. I, I, I read the whole novel, and as soon as I was done with it, I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, okay, they're changing parts of it. Which they have to. Uh -huh. you would expect? Yeah, yeah. I expected. Yeah. but I also didn't want to get my hopes up or. or or ruin the novel reading experience for myself. So yeah. it was a super, super quick read. I think because of the epistolary style, it was trying to go for this, I'm taking notes about stuff perspective. So the next book, Authority, is a lot bigger. So, <laughs> so uh, I have it right here. Yeah, I've got it right here. <laughs> Just grabbed it from library. Uh, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. I think Annihilation will make a good but very confusing I wish a guy like Denis uh, Venuvier, the guy who did uh, the Blade Runner movie, was in charge of the um, Annihilation movie. I don't know who's directing Annihilation. I, I hope they do a good job because it's an exciting but weird concept. So and, when does that one come out? Uh, February 2018. Okay. So you got a few months, Tor. You can play Magic the Gathering all, all right. the time. You work your way up to it. Which you know he's <laughs> yeah. going to do. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. No, that's cool. I got to find more people to... 
Well, yeah. hey, I'm in. But, I mean, cool. I'll, I'll play it. We can. You yeah, guys play we'll, card, Cards Against Humanity with me. I mean, we can play some uh, right. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll do a five minute podcast and play cards. Well, we can also <laughs> we can podcast while we play Magic the Gathering if that's what people want. No. Yeah, I don't know that. yeah, they, they want to hear us checking off with some card game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I have the uh, bunny. Yeah, <laughs> it's enchanted. I'm playing the bunny. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, those sound great. I will definitely look up Roadside yeah. Picnic. Yeah, I, I've it, heard of it. I've heard it referred yeah. to many, many times, and I would just love to read that. I think it's a root of uh, a great style of sto- storytelling. I, I, isn't that a scientific... Like, Don't you see that in sci-fi? That it's a trope that it's Area X. Don't go there. Bad right. things oh, will yeah. happen, right? The Forbidden Zone. Forbidden Zone, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's what Hitchcock called the MacGuffin. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's the thing that moves the plot along. Right. So if, like, uh, for instance, um, in Pulp Fiction, oh, yeah, the there was always the, the golden briefcase <laughs> or um, Emilio Estevez. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Repo Man. Repo Man. Thank you. <laughs> One of my favorite films. Great soundtrack. But every time you open up the trunk, there's like this huge glowing thing. And it's like, we don't know what it is, but... <laughs> In any case, um, well, I would I would say uh, Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee are in yeah the movie, so I'm excited about that one. Alex Garland's directing it, so you know we'll see. It's not it's not Denny. I, I'm really I'm I'm fascinated with this Denny uh, guy, but Alex Garland uh, directed Ex Machina, so Ooh, he knows I, what he's I, doing. I like that movie. Yeah, a yeah, lot. He knows what he's that doing. was another shelf gem where yep. people did yep. not recognize it for what it was. Oscar Isaac is going to play a, a role in the Annihilation movie okay. as well, so I'm excited about that. I was wondering if you guys um, have been keeping tabs on one thing that Scotty Nation is very famous for right now is we we have a case in front of the SCOTUS right now. We'll um, find out in June. Yeah, <laughs> next year. <laughs> Stay tuned. Let's just hope Ruth Ginsburg stays alive. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> um, but but gerrymandering is something, if you don't know what gerrymandering is, briefly, it's just when one political party redraws a political district so that it right. favors heavily their party. Yeah, we said gerrymandering, not Jerry Mathers as the beaver. <laughs> That's right. Just, just Jerry Mathers as the beaver. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I grew up on that. I grew oh, up I on know, that. I know, I did too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, oh God. And you know, after I, after I started smoking pot and then watching Leave the Beaver was like, Wow, I can't ever watch this Wally. again. <laughs> Wally. Well, gee, Dad, couldn't we go out in the garage and do neat junk and stuff? Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> oh, my God. I know uh, you would watch this oh. and you'd go like, why? Why? All right, gerrymandering. 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 That's my new band name, <laughs> Jerry Mathering. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God. I'm glad I'm not the only one, because I, I remember watching those things and just like not, because when you're a kid, you're just bored and you watch it. But then, like I say, after I started smoking pot, there were things that some were enhanced by by marijuana or hashish, but others were not. Like Green Acres... I totally could that get on a whole the, different fucking level. That was the place to be. <laughs> you know, but... but Oliva! Yeah. Hot cakes! But, but shit Got like... gummy edibles! <laughs> gummy... Those were awesome. <laughs> Just don't eat too many. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with gummies. It's, like, it's hard to stop. But... Um, 
<laughs> okay, gerrymandering is bad. Gerrymandering bad. And it's been gerrymandering, going- that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been going on since colonial times. Actually, before colonial times. Well, before we were actually a nation, they you know kept redrawing districts. And yeah. SCOTUS has never wanted to get involved with that because you know, you're kind of breaking the checks and balances. That's a huge conundrum. Yeah, because you, who you, decides? You're essentially then then SCOTUS is it's actually saying who gets what yeah. for a whole other branch of government. Sure. Which of course then with the legislative branch of government, which then again of course affects the executive branch. But let's be honest, the checks and balances are so severely fucked now, yeah. and the executive branch has such overwhelming power that it's not even funny. But in any case, the case is called Gill versus Whitford. And what's interesting is we, you, we were talking about uh, you know the um, the Monty Hall. Uh, let's make a deal. Right, right. Paradox. Well, this mm-hmm. is there's actually one now where there's uh, a developed a newly developed statistic called the efficiency gap, which is used precisely measures the effect of redistricting on parties' relative power in a state. So, for instance, the GOP led legislature in Scotty Nation <laughs> blatantly oh, re- God, redrew they... the districts. In fact, oh, yeah. I, I have a picture of the map right here. I'll show you guys. It wreaks havoc. It's it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. So what happens is is that um, even though Democrats won 51% of the statewide votes in 2012, Republicans took 60 of 99 seats in the state assembly. And Wisconsin is not an aberration nationally. Of course, gerrymandering is, I think, one of the huge factors above and beyond Russia's meddling and, yeah. well, a number of items. It's probably one of the key factors for, for why the Republicans took oh, the states yeah. that they did. That and their propaganda mill. It's it's funny, and anyways, I'll make a point about that okay. later with another topic. But nationally, the the GOP holds ten percent more House seats than the Democrats, two forty one to one ninety four, despite winning only one percent more of the congressional vote in twenty sixteen. <laughs> so this efficiency gap is a way of actually measuring, right. like, mm-hmm. well, what the fuck? How is it that? You can do this. I mean, there, there's so many items that you could bring up with this, but I, I, I love mm-hmm. one of the justices, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts this week, called the efficiency gap sociological gobble, gobbledygook. They're going to take this very seriously, I believe. You know, who knows about what Gorsuch is going to do. But Well, it's, it's, it's essentially been yeah. something that the Supreme Court has, has really tried to avoid. They're in but it you, now. But you can't now. They're in it. And so essentially it looks like, yeah, as long as... as uh, uh, Justice Ginsburg stays with us, um, we might be able... And that's probably what they're doing, is they're just stalling for time at this point. But that is something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on, because that could be a, very much a landmark case. Oh, yeah. We won't know. <clears throat> so they're going to decide sometime in the next couple months or whatever, uh, but we won't know the results of their decision until it's all been reviewed and reviewed and reviewed. Right. But they're not going to tell us anything until June, is, yeah. is what I'm hearing. Um, I, I'd be shocked if we had right. any answer for this before June. So, I, I mean, mean I, I'd be happily shocked uh, if it was uh, good gerrymandering sucks and we shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. But but the idea is it's not just saying that gerrymandering is a problem and we need to do something about it, but it's deciding who's going to create the districts because uh, creating districts is a huge responsibility. And then is the court system... What would their what would their uh, what would the recommendation be? The court system takes charge of it. Who takes charge of districting? The national, mm-hmm. the federal process of voting is so non-standardized that I mean, I think twenty sixteen showed 
I mean, not like you needed to be showed one more shown one more time, but, but I mean, the, 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 the districts keep being redrawn, and it's not like the Democratic Party hasn't done this when they were no, in they, power. No, they've too. all done it. They've both all done parties it. have done it. So but, they're both but, guilty but of it. But the Republicans are incredibly efficient and good at it. Yeah. So so it is benefiting them more right now. In 2016, but, they had four times more right, districts. Right. But but I'm not than, than the Democrats did. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, so Democrats just just look at this. Back. I don't know if you gentlemen can see this, but if you just mm-hmm. look at the, this map of Wisconsin here. I'll, I'll just yeah. If you want to pass it over, but you can see so that that's how they redrew the map. So it's almost solidly red, which it never really truly. We've always been uh, a blue at worst, a purple state. Mm-hmm. In fact, Wisconsin voted for Ted Cruz over uh, Donald Trump. Which yeah. look, I that's mean, scary. there's one thing where you've got a complete narcissist in, in office, but there's another one you have a complete pig like Ted Cruz. That you know wins the Republican primary, but I mean that's yeah. shocking when you look at it. But so in any case, keep keep your eyes peeled yeah. for that because it's it's important because the, our state's going to be a decider. The, We're going to yeah. be a decider. The dis- <laughs> the districts need to be to be standardized across all fifty states uh, fairly. The electoral college needs to be done away with. We need mm-hmm. to have a universal voting system, which is, I believe the one we use in, in Wisconsin is actually very good, which is electronically counted, but there is a hard copy to refer to. Mm-hmm. I am not for mm-hmm. completely digital voting. I no. think that you're just oh, opening yeah. the door. <laughs> so, then you, Yeah, that's simple programming. No, yeah. hackers have figured it, these things out. If users selected this, to... change to that, yeah. <laughs> exactly, if this, yeah. then that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, these are simple. Wow, yeah. syntax, I can do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's all it is. Yeah. And, you know, those right. DBART machines aren't, know. you know, it's not like, oh, I'm Albert Einstein, I'm going to program this. Oh, my God, they're so bad. Yeah. yeah. They're unprotected, So wide and, open. And let's get rid of the superdelegates, and let's just get rid of caucuses, and let's have one order for the states doing the primaries, you know, instead of this jockeying for, like, no, I want to be first. No, I want to be first. And no, I want to be second. And it's like, no, we're going to do it this way. And let's just get this fucking thing done. It shouldn't take a year and a half to two years of hearing about this well, shit. Here's the thing that's surprising yeah. me is a lot, you know, every Democrat that I've heard from is in support of stopping the gerrymandering. I'm surprised how many Republicans are speaking out against gerrymandering. Well, yeah. It's usually toe the line, toe the line, toe the line. But some of them, like John McCain, furrowed brow, you know, mm. is saying, let's stop this and the people right. should be voting. Well, I, it I, makes them whoa. look bad. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, if you're in a sport or a competition or something, it feels more satisfying to, to you if you win fair and square. But yeah. if you knew you cheated... Yeah, you know. Yeah, and also you something I mean? else too: term limits across Ted, all three branches. Yeah. Term limits, term limits, term limits. Term limits would be cool. Yeah, you know the average yeah. age of the uh, senator is sixty-one. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised it's that young. Yeah, I heard yeah. a pharmacist. Uh, they gave a they gave a report about like they couldn't out anybody in particular, but they're like, I provide pharmaceuticals to members of Congress, and I'm giving Alzheimer's medications to some of them. Awesome! Um, wow! Yeah. Awesome! Yeah, and awesome, it's awesome. like uh, this person shouldn't be there. You yeah, know, if yeah. they're on medication for Alzheimer's. And, and right. I, you know, it's a touchy subject for me, but still, y- you want competent people in these positions, but um, right. you can't force them out. You can't ask no. them to resign, for yeah. God's sake. I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm quite on the term limit bandwagon, because oh. I think there's bigger issues, but 
No, no, no. I, I just yeah, mean this, this is this a checklist of things, Tor. I don't mean right. th- this needs to be at the top. Right. I'm just saying yeah. that, look, there are so many uh, Senate and House seats that people run unopposed for years and years and right. years on end. I don't think you should have 20, 30-year senators. If, well, if you change the gerrymandering stuff, where this person's seat wasn't yeah. you know, locked locked and for sure for them, yeah. then they would get a challenger, especially well, if they're acting a little just, not quite just, right. Just you know? remember, Tor, there's war chests. And incumbents always have war chests. Yes. And right. they get because those they war have chests backers. from NRA and right. other well, corporate Our taxes. own Governor Walker, you know, has got that's, a huge well, war chest. That's where campaign finance reform would help. Oh, well, that but, goes hand in hand with the other things yeah, as well. Right. Let's ask them to vote for a pay cut for themselves. You know, it's, it's like one oh, of those yeah, things that's never going to change. Yeah, right. Because they're never going to vote for anything but, but that's going to uh, impinge them. I don't know if we quite said that the real problem with gerrymandering is, you know, they'll take, you know, they can look at voter rolls and get an idea of uh, where the Democrats and Republicans are. So it's like you, you draw a real tight circle around the clusters of Democrats. Okay, so you, you give them a district, all right? And then you... look at where all the clusters of Republicans are and you draw a line where you grab enough of them and then you do a big loop around, you know, where there's a bunch of, it's a purple area with a lot of Democrats and Republicans, but you have this little Mm -hmm. concentration of Republicans that's going to tip that one to, to be Republicans. So they go all red and you just figure it out, you know, it's so the Republicans can get the most districts. I, yeah. I, I I wasn't trying to say that the one thing should be prioritized over another. I guess what I was doing was just kind of reviewing a wish list <laughs> right. with the 2016 election I like fresh in mind. Right. No, no, <laughs> just saying, like, I, it would be great if we could at least get the voting process standardized. But yes, the campaign finance reform that all needs to be redone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you guys are entitled to your opinion. I just wanted to get in my two cents that I didn't see that term limits is necessarily something we had to do. Because I think some of these other things solve that problem in another way. No, you're right. So, you, you don't have to. You don't have to yeah. over adjust either. Yeah. So I yeah. just, I just don't want to make it sound like. You, you I don't know. know. We're late stage capitalism. I think over adjusting would be a good thing at this point. That's just my. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what we always do. We. <laughs> that's just like my opinion, man. <laughs> we ignore yeah. it for decades and then we overcompensate <laughs> for a couple more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I mean, it, it. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. That. Um, but the. Uh, I was just stating my opinion. So no, anyway. no, no, no. I just meant that. I just, okay. you, you're right. I, I think that, that it, it is something that should be done more gradually. I was just thinking that you know when when I was listening to the electoral process, and every you know this state had a caucus. This state didn't want to do a primary. A few years ago, they were all wanting to switch when they voted. Everyone's pushing up to get... Yeah, yeah they yeah, want to be So by first. the time it gets to Scotty Nation, it it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, if you're in right. California, you're fucked because it's already yeah. decided by the yeah. time you even get a chance to think about voting. Right. So yeah, it, yeah, it's a crazy process that needs fixing. But you're right. The, yeah. the, you know, the money, I, I guess really honestly in our culture, the money should be controlled before anything else is done. And, 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 and money is not free speech. That is horseshit. Yeah. yeah. However, if more of the, the populace, if more of the populace would study the issues, and uh, please, please, and and <laughs> define what you mean by populist, because that has been taken over by the far right. That okay. term. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about everybody. If everybody tried to read alternative news sources, so everybody's got their favorite news source, which tends to agree with whatever you think. 
go and read some other stuff and maybe we would make better choices. I don't I don't know that I read but, or I've ever read things that necessarily agree with. I, no, I think I, no, see, not you. Not you. Because <laughs> not you. I look I look for the <laughs> yeah. least filtering that I have right, to do. Right. I mean they all have require some filtering. Right. But but I'm just saying that uh, Right. No, no, I'm not a Fox News or anything. No, yeah. but people yeah. fall or, into confirmation bias and they choose their yeah, yeah, yeah. based on their no, bias. Sputnik, you're an example of what people should be doing. I was talking about the general public overall that is maybe just listening to Fox News right. or something like that, or just listening to MSNBC. You got to you know, spread your wings a little bit. And but bring to it, our bring whole stroke, s- my ego. But, but did you... Right. And make me feel right. Well, like Orwell said in 1984, uh. <laughs> the best books are the ones that tell you what you already know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. And... If you, if you need that kind it's of... It's National Sarcasm Awareness Month. Right. <laughs> Just want everyone to know that. Victor, it, Victor, if you actually need that kind of validation, you might be president already. I am. <laughs> That's right. It is my kingdom to survey. Yeah, so. No, it's... Mind fuel! <laughs> no, I, I agree. I it, it does it does take it does take more measured discussion, and I do think people tend to listen and to read things that I know. I was reading this one article; they were talking about Trump's sanity, and one of the things that I I took note of was was saying is that he he doesn't like to read, and he just gets all of his news on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and watches TV, and I was thinking, yeah, that's a real and and of course not reading does uh, speed up cognitive decline. Yeah. So yeah. I was, in fact, you know, you were you were just talking, you were making a joke, going with <laughs> National Sarcasm Month about it's I was true. reading nonfiction <laughs> like never. <laughs> well, I actually do read a lot of nonfiction, so I, I was just re- finishing this this book uh, called SPQR, and it's mm-hmm. this history of. Of ancient Rome, and it just goes way back to like the beginnings of Rome and why they created this this society. And it's I'm not saying it's good or bad, but just saying yeah. why did this little tiny village make this huge empire, which still has a lot of influence to this day. Mm-hmm. But so that's <laughs> I think it would be nice to read something like Roadside Picnic or or go to see Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine. I think I need to cleanse out because the other thing I did was. I'm a big fan of Ken Burns documentaries. Oh, and uh-huh. you, you did it. So, but the thing is, is that I, I can't say all of his documentaries are mm-hmm. ones that I, I, I always appreciated them because I think they were some of the best examples of people trying to popularize history, but not making it boring by making it human, by making it well-rounded, right. by making it objective, which most Americans have a lousy sense of history, lousy, right. terrible sense right. of history. Yeah, and I and I realize not everybody has the time or the Dude, inclination for history. Wait, how long was this Vietnam thing? Well, okay, no. eighteen hours. Okay, it was eighteen hours long. I don't have time for that, but <laughs> I, I understand it, and I want to have time for that, and I really am excited about it. But wow, he makes he makes an eighteen hour Vietnam show not boring yes that's awesome i mean well, i'm excited i will have to I find time part for it. of it it nope. was okay. it was good well what, what i'm trying to say is is this is that uh, history is a very real passion of that's mine cool. always always has been always will be yeah um i i think that most people in in school 
uh, get turned away from from history for a lot of different reasons, and and it's just maybe not an interest of theirs. They just find it boring. It's it's not of their interest, and and so on. But to me, it has always been a very very useful tool in in understanding today's events. And I mean, like right meow. Yeah. Not you know because people always act like. <laughs> <laughs> You see me moving all nimbly pimbly. <laughs> people right now, America is incredibly divisive. So it is interesting to me when Ken Burns does a, a, a series, like the first series of his that I, I really watched was on the American Civil War. And it was fascinating. And it's actually been parodied many times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like by the Brady Bunch, <laughs> the Brady, the Brady's a house divided. <laughs> Chapter three, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> but, but what he does is he takes a very complex series of events and he undoes that knot, unties that and makes it comprehensible. So you can actually see how these very painful. So the American Civil War was, as, as you might imagine, incredibly divisive period of time that led up for decades and then to this incredibly bloody conflict and then for over a century and in many ways we're still dealing with it with the confederacy and so <laughs> forth so so the, if you haven't watched that series i th- i think you would love it and one of the things that one of the scenes in it that that always really stuck out with me he has these like little touches that he does that i, I find just fascinating and tor i think you would appreciate this too is that uh, you know you, you couldn't actually take pictures of an american civil war battle because these were all black powder guns and cannons they were using so it didn't take very long before you couldn't see two feet in front of you mm. anyways mm-hmm. um so a lot of it was the carnage afterwards but these you know people like matthew brady and and so right. on did took many many of these these glass photographic plates and after the war everyone wanted to just forget about all that so they recycled them all and made them into greenhouses and it just leaves you uh-huh. with this image of all these horrible gory uh-huh. scenes <laughs> that are slowly being faded away and then all these plants are just Those growing like and flowers yeah, yeah yeah and it just it's i mean he just leaves you with shit like that it just fucks you up forever because you're just thinking yeah. about it and he's done other things like on, I, I know I know you know you guys are more football oriented. I I grew up with baseball yeah. and and when he did the baseball series, he did nine shows because uh, you know baseball has nine innings. And I thought I knew a lot about baseball, and that was when the lockout came and everybody, even longtime fans, were completely completely discussed with baseball. But yeah. those nine episodes, I mean, you just saw, oh my God, this game has been fucked from the get-go. <laughs> and you could see how it was fucked from the get-go. And it was incredibly informative. I mean, it walked yeah. you through this very painful process. Anyways, and he's done others like on Prohibition and Jazz. and Yeah, is he going to do one on Basketball? Because I'm ba- waiting for the basketball. basketball. Yeah, yeah that's, waiting for that's the basketball Ken Burns documentary. Well, in any case, he, he finally hit, he and um, Lynn Novick said that enough time has passed that he thought, they both thought it was time to, to tackle the Vietnam War. So it's 10 episodes, it's 18 hours long, and obviously you don't have to sit and watch 18 hours worth of it or anything, so what I did is I just DVR'd them because they were on public television yeah. night after yeah. night, and that's how mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it. Take potty breaks. Take potty breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. what was interesting to me about it was that, again, this was a war that that just tore the country apart and in many ways never really got back together again. Right. And I think in some ways, in yeah. many ways, we're seeing 
we're still in the fallout of those years today. And oh yeah. Why we're so di- you know divided now as to all right, what next? Yeah, our shitbird president avoided the war by claiming bone spurs or something like that. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, bone spurs in his heel. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you know what? <laughs> Honestly, I, I will say this about that. But he can golf. Yeah. I do not. I do not hold it against anybody for using a deferment or going to Canada or anything to get out of that war. I have family and, members who actually had to go and talk about why they wanted to be a non-combatant and yeah. have to defend themselves. And, and I'm proud of them for that. So I'm excited. I'm not even you know, talking about moral yeah. reasons or yeah. political reasons. I'm just saying this in particular was just a meat grinder of a conflict. Yeah. And it was, it was horrible on all sides. So there had obviously been documentaries and, and history books written. I've, I've read a couple of history books that, and I'm not I'm not a military historian. I'm not fascinated by war. I'm not a war buff in any way, shape, or form. The unfortunate thing about human so much of history history is, war. is is disease outbreaks and <laughs> war outbreaks and and religious scourges and and so forth. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, these are one of the movers of 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 right. human history. I think that they both did an absolutely outstanding job in breaking this down. I, I think I also mentioned that you know the American Experience last April did a three-part series on America's entry into the First World War, and man, it was so good because you you got to see Wilson in a completely different way. You got to see how things were in this country at that period of time and just the carnage and everything, because that is the most important part of history is understanding the context of the time and what people were thinking. And I personally do not believe in certain theories of history, like the great man theory or that history is, you know, that there, there are great men who, who move history along like, you know, Hitler or Stalin or Washington or mm-hmm. that Lincoln. I mean, that's horseshit. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I don't believe, in cycles that you know like history is a wheel and it just keeps turning although there are incredible repetitions well chaos is a ladder <laughs> well sorry yeah. <laughs> but there are things that you can you can uh-huh. draw conclusion you you can see that these things are not new they have occurred before so mm-hmm. like the first episode is just called deja vu and it goes from the time that the French originally took Indochina in 1853 to 1961 and that's just a 90-minute But then he goes Mm -hmm. through essentially from the Kennedy administration through the Nixon administration, like almost like six, seven, eight months at a time. But it's important because there's no way you can under you you, need the context. If you took out any one piece, Mm -hmm. it would totally fall apart. And you and the interviews that they do with people are fascinating. So, So, like I said, there have been other outstanding television documentaries about Vietnam, uh, Vietnam and television history jumps to mind. Uh, the v- the Vietnam war, I think by Stanley Krakow and mm. those, and also an accompanying book and it was fantastic. But I think that it's interesting now because you do have enough emotional distance from the actual events. Also, uh, the cold war is over and and so now we have access to so he does interviews with north vietnamese with viet cong with you know marines uh army people air force people then they came back and some of them became anti war activists and and so on he just takes the whole thing apart and you can actually just see it all 
Then all it was right, just, all it was right. Just, you got me. It was you just, got uh, me. Well, you yeah. can you can just see it was this like horrid train wreck. <clears throat> so so like when Woodrow Wilson was there for the Versailles Treaty, a very young Ho Chi Minh was there with a delegation to say, well, could our country be free and and self determining? And of course, the evidence is that those documentation never got to Woodrow Wilson. And then, of course, after World War II, you know, and and Roosevelt had been talking about self-determination and the United Nations and everything, he Mm -hmm. was saying, hey, you know, if you guys would like to love the Americans, hey, would you like to rent Cameron Bay? Hey, how about if we have free elections? And how about if we um, determine our future away Mm. from the French and everything? Uh, No, no, we didn't quite, because... We actually need the French in Europe, and and so they're all kind of crazy yet from the Germans conquering them, and so they yeah they want their colonies back, and so you and so yeah. so you can see like Truman got criticized for not being tough enough on communism in the forties, so it starts with a few million dollars, and then two years later it's like. Ten times that, and so after a certain point, we were spending over we were we were funding over eighty percent of the French war effort in Vietnam. So we'd, we'd literally been at this since the forties, you know, and you just watch this thing just fucking unwind. So then you, then you have a young JFK eating dinner in a fashionable rooftop restaurant in Hanoi. I'm sorry, not Hanoi, uh, Saigon. Uh And, and the fighting is taking place then. Then it was the Viet Minh who were moving down the country he was talking to all these generals and they were saying, Oh, it's no problem. It's no problem. And then, you know, he's talking to a seasoned reporter and the reporter just walked him through and said, you know, you got to understand this isn't about, uh, the cold war. This is about colonialism. They just want to be free. They just want to be Vietnam free of the French. But of course, everything we did was focused through that lens. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you just have millions of people killed. You have all of these, just, you, you hear these people just talk about, yeah, the first time I, I was off the plane one day and I killed a man. First person I ever killed. And I just, I went into this incredible depression. I said, I will never kill another human being. But he still had 12 months of duty to do <laughs> in country. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I will smoke every zip. I will kill every gook. I always think it's racism 101. It's what you have to use to get the job done. And that episode was called We Do What We Do. Hmm. And then these guys came back. They became anti-war activists and everything else. Teachers. Stone. Yeah, basically that's it. Anyways, it's it's incredibly well done. (laughs) And it's one of those things where, and and then they talk about the, the 1972 campaign with McGovern and how, well, when the Pentagon, we we did do an episode, a podcast on the Pentagon, the papers. Pentagon Papers, mm-hmm. and when that shit broke, Nixon wanted to have the plumbers clean out the vaults. You know, back then it wasn't electronic; it was all just written down in these vaults to clean yeah. out the Rand Institute and the Brookings Institute to get all that information out of there. Because now, all of a sudden, it was becoming obvious to everyone. And of course, this is post Kent State and everything else because there were other shooters. Does he hit on all that too? Like, yes. Does he hit on the protests Everyone and everything? Is, yes. Wow. Yes. And it's, okay. and it's just fantastic. It's almost like you watch it and you, 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 you really feel like you have a better understanding.
understanding. Oh, and, I mean, I know I would. As, as a kid, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I remembered hours. a lot of these things. It, but you don't see it that way. You just no, you no, watch I, an episode and yep. you see a period of time. Dude, I'm then, there. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, no, it, it, he, Ken Burns is always a little bit epic for me. So I'm excited about it and I'll check it out. I mean, the baseball one I didn't want to see because well, I know you don't like baseball. baseball but right. I would say the, he also did one on the American West, which yeah. is very good. Yeah. I would say mm-hmm. the American Civil War, the American West, and the Vietnam War. I mean, you know he's going to win the Oscar for documentary for the Vietnam. I don't know how he wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he, he and Lynn Novak. I mean, that was that was outstanding. It's the just soundtrack. What he does. And and he and he asked all these people. You know, he said, "Well, you know, there was so much music at that period of time. Is it okay if we use your music?" And uh, I thought it was interesting when he interviewed Bob Dylan. He said, "Yes, but for the love of God, please don't use blowing in the wind." <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. They so. got some uh, Jimi Hendrix. They got the- oh yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you go down a checklist and you go Star Spangled Banner. They have no, 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 no. <laughs> the Woodstocks. Uh, are you experienced? <laughs> oh, okay. And then because I mean, there's there are certain things like after Vietnam. In the 80s especially, you had a lot of Vietnam movies, and you had a lot of... Um, I just rewatched Jacob's Ladder the other night. Oh, yeah. Okay, good good example. <laughs> Super good one. And then, you know, of course, they had various TV shows like China Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one Comics I can't think like of. Vietnam. And There was and this tunnel rat They would always thing. play, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Paint It Black by the Stones and stuff. So that's all there, right. too, yeah, you yeah. know. But Oh, my God, yeah. That, but the that theme song is actually done mm-hmm. by Trent Reznor. Really? Yeah. So, anyways, I I know it sounds intimidating. It's 18 hours. But you know what? I watched all 15 hours of Berlin Alexander Platt, so that is no fucking problem for me, nor is two hours and 44 minutes of Blade Runner 2049. Hey, let me just tell you, I've read everything by Tolstoy, so if I can survive that, then I can survive (laughs) anything. You got that on me, because, boy... Motherfucking War and Peace. Give me a goddamn flowchart. I don't know who's who. I got through War and Peace and Anna Karenina. God, Anna Karenina. This guy blows. Give me a goddamn flowchart. Look, you're fucking the count. What's the big deal? This beautiful paragraph. I said like Seinfeld there. What's the big deal? What's the deal with that guy? Oh, War and Peace though was the worst, man. Uh, I think Anna Karenin is actually worse. <laughs> I think you're right because <laughs> you, you, there's so many people, you know. And uh, but yeah. it also had Fru Fru. You mean Frippery? Fru Fru, the the horse. Oh yes, Fru Fru. The, oh God. <laughs> Sorry. Geez, that <clears throat> hurt when you said that. And I was like, oh, God, oh, I remember that. There was a family. They mentioned like this one family that lived outside of Kiev, and then they never mentioned them again. And I yeah. go, well, what the fuck was that? Did you just like get the notes mixed up or something? Didactic or? motherfucker. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh one thing I'll mention uh, about Blade Runner 2049. He yes? picks up. He picks up at one point, Ryan Gosling's character picks up a book, looks at it, Pale Fire by Nabokov. I'm like, nice. Fuck yeah. A story about a story about a story that people are commenting on. Yeah, Pale Fire is a really weird Nabokov novel. Nabokov, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've been probably mispronouncing yeah. it for years. Nabokov, Nabokov, whatever. Okay. I mean, you know, say it however well, you like want. Bumper, he doesn't care. Bump stock, bumper yeah. stock. I've heard it both we ways. We all pronounce too, it the and... stingway. <laughs> Because of uh, what every step you take or whatever. Well, it's, it's like it's like um, now that the the British are doing Jaguar commercials again. It's like now everyone is like, oh, I didn't realize it was pronounced Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> jag Jaguar. I just call it a jag. <laughs> no, but oh, pale, what a jag! <laughs> pale fire is about an about a poem written by a guy analyzed by another guy who knows the guy who wrote the poem. So it's a novel about I, a poem. I'm a big fan. With this, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. I'm like. 
why are they referencing that? That's awesome. I love Laughter in the Dark. Oh, That's God. Funny. I yeah. mean, yeah. Nabokov is one of my favorites. He's, yeah. he's brilliant. And he had such, a, such an interesting life, too. It was like, uh, okay, now our family is uh, evading the Bolsheviks, and uh, now we're in Germany, and we got to get out because of the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you're just like caught between these two huge engines Russian, of history. Russian author who also wrote brilliant novels in English. Yeah. I mean... How do you do that? He's a, he's and unfortunately, leaders. all he's probably remembered for is Lolita. Uh, uh, yeah, I throw it on. There, there's, there's so much more to him. He's so brilliant. So anyway, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one I, of my favorites. Maybe we should do a whole podcast about him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right now. What will our listeners say <laughs> right now <laughs> about our format? Right Let's just keep going for another couple hours. <laughs> yeah. All in the bulk of. Do you see me eating mice? <laughs> I think we're, I think we're good here, guys. Don't you think? Yes. We're good. We've so, wasted enough of your time. You can check out our shows at tankrat.com. Send us email at feedback at tankrat.com. I wanted to mention our, the winner of our Mystery Meat contest uh, for the actual 180 uh, quiz is Yan. Yan's yeah. a longtime listener, and he's awesome. So uh, we'll figure out how to send something to America's Hat. Because that's where you live. Uh, so send us your address to feedback at tankerrights.com and we'll get that to you. All right. Didn't, awesome. didn't, didn't we use the Jerry Lewis one? Yeah, Forget we it. didn't. He's the random winner of the Jerry Lewis I'm contest. sorry. Yeah. yeah, I went off the rails. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, take us out. Thank you for listening. You'll hear back again from us someday on these uh, podcast <laughs> binary bits. I got, I got the best words. All right. I know words. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my best friends are words. <laughs> uh, look, Morty. Okay, your parents broke up, but you know, sometimes. God, that show is fucking brilliant. <laughs> and, and all that Chazewan sauce bullshit is just stupid. It's a stupid Mulan. People are stupid. That show is fucking awesome. It is awesome. All right. Oh, great. That was recorded. Test, test. <laughs> Son of a better, bitch. <laughs> that better not make the show. I'm just kidding. Although I do watch football. <laughs> well, look, yeah, tor- we can, tor- take we can, a knee. We can talk a tiny bit. Like, once we start recording, we'll talk a tiny bit about football because I do have a tale about the Packer game I wanted to just right. mention because it's kind of funny. I was, um, uh, you know, Mrs. Sputnik and I were in Las Vegas three days before the shooting, yeah. so Ooh. I can talk about that. And and not, not in the terms of, uh, hey, 
you remember that flight four, <laughs> you, you hear in the news that flight four or three it hasn't been heard from since we took that five years ago well who gives a <laughs> fuck you know it's like 23 and me turns out i'm 17 percent slovakian <laughs> i don't care i don't care <laughs> Look, yeah i used to think uh we were german turns out i'm scottish i like the ones where they're like i'm a member of the kkk and i'm yeah. part black <laughs> and they yeah. when they find out that that's some hard cheese right there that's yeah. the that one out. i would love <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. i'm ben affleck and it turns out that i've my family owned a lot of slaves yeah, yeah he was upset about that one for sure <laughs> Don't talk about it. <laughs> oh, you know who else did? Larry David's family. Oh, well, Larry David found out he was related to uh, Bernie Sanders, too. That's right. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no All makes they, sense no now. No wonder he can do, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? It's just, uh, I'm making fun of my fifth cousin twice removed. Yeah. All right, let's start recording before I start recording. Uh, do you want me to kick off? You yeah. want to kick off? Go for it. 181. I, I have oh, that oh, in oh. my notes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 